What's going on, Savages? How we doing? Welcome to another episode of the Savage Snowflake Podcast with me, Jeff Leach, your friend, your orator, your listener, your confidant, your mother, your father, your teacher, your sister, your brother, your weird uncle who just got out of prison and is like, hey man, can you lend me 20 bucks? I swear to God, I'll get a bunch of you soon. You're like, why are you asking for your funny, Uncle Jeff? It's really weird. You're a funny grown adult. I'm like, listen, I tried to give comedy a go for many years. Don't judge me, you little fuckboy, or I will throw you down the toilet that kind of guy. Um, it's good to have you guys here. Welcome back for another episode. I'm going to be talking to another wonderful comedian and performer today. Um, before I do that, quick shout out to all of the patrons. Thank you very much, guys. You guys are pledging your support day in, day out. I'm very grateful for it. We need it to keep this podcast going. If you haven't yet decided to pledge anything and you've been listening regularly to this podcast, do me a favor. Head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Savage Snowflake and check out the different tiers. You can donate as little as $1 a month. Uh, I know a lot of you might like to enjoy a little beverage on a Friday night. Do me a favor. Save the money from one of those beers. Take that five bucks and then uh, throw it into the kitty. If every single one of you did that, God, we'd be wealthy as fuck right now. I'd be sitting here in gold lame pants and have a, a beautiful skull and bone necklace through the tip of my penis adorned with pearls and rubies. It's, <laughs> like, I'm going to spend the money very poorly is what I'm saying. Thanks very much to our sponsors as well, Manscaped.com. If you head to Manscaped.com and use code SAVAGE, you will get 20% off all of their wonderful kit, including including the Lawnmower 2.0. If you want to take care of your downstairs areas, gentlemen, keep your shit on point, keep it smooth, keep it trimmed, keep it smelling fresh and hygienic for your ladies or your gentlemen. I'm not discovering who's going to be sucking your dick. I'm just saying that whoever does suck your dick would rather it be nice and smooth and those balls be glistening in the moonlight. Then head to manscaped.com, get their kit and get aftershaves there, balls wipes. You can get the Lawnmower 2.0. It's got no Nick skin safe technology it's waterproof if you drop that bad boy in the bath or down the toilet it won't affect it use that code savage 20% off free leather travel bag and free shipping and also boundless tech over here our other sponsors wonderful purveyors of the finest technology for vaping so if you like smoke flour herb resin distillate or whatever you're into do it with a vape. Don't do it, uh, you know, rolling it up. You get carcinogens. It's going to burn in your throat. You actually burn the weed rather than tasting all the different cannabinoids. If you want to get those different levels as well of THC, you have to do that with different heats. The Terra, the product that I like to use most, and the CF710, you can heat those up to any degrees. So you can get different flavors, different cannabinoids, uh, different terpenes, and really enjoy the taste of your weed. Check out Boundless Tech. That's B-N-D-L-S tech.com. Use code SAVAGE for 25% off all of their wonderful kit. Uh, joining me today today is a wonderful actor writer and comedian mr willie mack uh you may have seen him uh on well he's gonna be on laugh tracks uh laugh the mob uh laugh tracks on true tv uh doing one of his fantastic jokes there will be animated into a whole performed story as a sketch um and then you can also catch him in snowfall which is going to be on fx right and that's yeah, in the new man. season of that so you've just recorded that yeah, welcome we- man hey thanks there you go. i saw the intro done Hey, that was a good intro. Thanks, dude. I First, get super professional. Neil Brennan made fun of me last week. He said apparently I get a little bit like I'm having a normal conversation, then all of a sudden I go, that's all right. I'm interested in this whole manscape thing because, you know, I just start, not just started, but I've been using clippers to cut down there, like my balls and all that. Okay, and okay. I've been looking for something that's like when you clip down there that, that you can get close to the skin because someone. This you run them. You can run them smoothly And it won't nip you No because it has Only one side of the blades Are metallic So the other side Is like a patented material That when it runs through It doesn't It can't catch skin It sort of allows skin To roll out Does that make sense Yeah Dude I've like I've used trimmers before Yeah Like prior to these 
where I've tried to do it and I have to be really ginger. And what I normally have to do is put a comb between your, like, uh. your, your skin and the brush. So you can kind of take the head down to a short thing, but you can't get it smooth. With these bad boys, you just run it over. What I try to do is like I get my clippers and I try to get as close to the skin. Uh, and I You cut, 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 cut. And you go against the grain as well, right? Yeah, and I've yeah, nipped no. myself at least a, a few times where it's like... That's ah. an easy way to your first period, really. Because <laughs> your genitals will bleed. Yeah, they will. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting about that there whole you go. thing. Manscaped.com, man. Use that code SAVAGE, 20% off. Free Have you ever waxed? Back. Yeah, yeah. I used to wax my asshole, yeah. I, I, I'm scared to do that one. That one, I don't think I'll be able... You can do everything with the trimmers. But waxing is... There's nothing wrong with that. It's like all part of becoming, you know, becoming a man in 2019. Oh, God. You know what? I saw uh, Jeremiah Watkins at uh, the comedy store when they dared him to wax his. And it just ripped and you just on saw... What, the, on one of the shows? Or? Yeah, on one of the shows. I think it was on... Kill, Kill Tony. Tony. Yeah. Of course it would be. Of course it would be. Wait, they had Jeremiah shaving his balls or waxing Wax, his balls. Waxing, yeah. They just... <laughs> On his balls? On his balls. So he pulled his balls out. They put a wax strip on it. Yes. And then they went. Shoo. Just like that. And he's and he was red the entire night. Just like his whole face. Yeah, he's an was- idiot. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to do that with hot wax. If you do it with a strip, well, it gets really bad. You have to do it with a hot wax that uh, solidifies ah. the whole thing. And they take the whole bit off. But even that is immensely painful. I haven't really got into the whole man. I didn't get into the manscaping idea sure. until I moved to Los Angeles. Yeah, and then you looked at some other dudes with their shirts off, and you're like, "Fuck, maybe I should take down my underarm hair a bit." Baby, I shaved my underarm hair. Yeah, I, I trim that shit down as well. It's just hygienic. Here's what I look at it like: I like being a manly man, right? I like yeah. I like fucking women, yeah. and I like pulling my dick out and windmilling it inappropriately at family gatherings and I like <laughs> I like having some hair on my chest uh-huh. I like being a man yeah but I also I'm not gonna lie and pretend like I'm not in an industry where I, you know aesthetics and looking good and feeling fresh is an important part of what we do it's a, an element of what we do yeah and uh, and also I like when a woman is you know kind of she's maintained her shit of course naturally so I don't wanna like you know go hey baby that's beautiful you did really good but it's time to release the beast. And <laughs> release then pull down the my beast. trousers and, and fucking tendrils of pubic hair come out, start strangling her labia. Yeah, Do you hilarious. know what I mean? That's not. Yeah, no one wants that. Do you get manicures? Nah. Although I will. It's not like a thing. It's not a thing that I go and do regularly. Like the last manicure or pedicure I got will be over a year ago, I'm sure. Yeah. But it is something I like to do. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, just, I get them every once in a while. Like, right. I, it's only a luxury. when I book. That's a luxury, though, man. That's a luxury. Yeah, it's, it, it feels good, too. And, I mean, my feet, I hate getting done. Like, I've got my feet done a couple times, and I know I got ugly feet. And okay. I, I feel so bad. How, what do you mean ugly? Just, like, a bit of hard skin on there? Like, little... I, got, I got a nail fungus that I've been trying to cure for the longest. Like, I, I, I bought... Here's how many times I've tried... I'm I glad went you kept on... your socks on. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> my socks are on. I went on Groupon... Which is not the best place to go for this, and I and I bought two things of laser nail treatment where they zap your feet with these lasers. It's supposed to kill the spores that's underneath the nail. Right, okay. This one person was over in Van Nuys. If y'all don't know, Van Nuys is not the best place to get anything, and um, they zapped my foot so much it start my toenail started smoking, and. Um, it was very painful. And I asked him, I'm like, is this going to be painful? He's like, no, 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 it's going to be good. Zap, zap, zap. And my toenail, it was on fire. I'm sweating. And I was like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah, but, it sounds like they fucked up. 
There's just creams in it. You can just get creams or foot soaks for that. So I, I bought the foot soaks. I, I've taken. I, I even bought CBD oil because I was like, hey, you sure, know sure, if you sure. drop CBD oil in between your nail beds, you'll 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 be fine. I've done it all. Nothing. Isn't it just like something simple, like bicarbonate of soda and a bottle of warm in a a bucket of warm water, and you just stick your feet in there and sit there for two? hours? I would be so upset if that's all I had. Dude, to do. this is always the answer. I'm like glad that you use CBD. CBD won't help foot fungus, but CBD will remove pain and blah 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 blah. Yeah, I I love CBD partly because I'm going into <laughs> in business on a CBD company, CBD. But also, I love what it can do yeah. that completely negates all these expensive, bullshit, big pharma products mm-hmm. that are designed to basically make you a little bit fucking mental. Yeah. You know, and to give you 10 other problems that then need to be medicated as well. So I'm all for that. But nine times out of 10, any ailment you have with your body, you will spend money, time, products a big armful of them i've got to drink this and i got to yeah. eat this and i got to use this on the thing i got to rub the cream and all that and then you'll find out that if you just got a little bit of fucking bicarbonate and soda for two bucks from a grocery store and thrown it in a bucket it'd be cleared up it's it's like measles man and fucking oatmeal you put your kid give your kid an oatmeal bath to cure uh measles you know yeah. it's like um fucking cbd for people with parkinson's you know uh-huh. they spend all this money on it and they can't fucking stop moving and shaking you give them three drops of cbd oil and suddenly they're like, oh, my God, this is the most relief I've ever had. Right. Yeah. What got you into CBD? Because I, I just started getting into Money. It. Money. Money. I was just looking for alternative ways to help me get some sleep. And I was looking for alternative ways for, like, different things and everything. CBD, CBD. Then it's, a, it's a business for me, first and foremost. Yeah. But I'll be honest with you. The reason why CBD is actually because my business partner uh, has someone in his family who suffered some, you know, some pretty horrendous... Um, abuse mm-hmm. and CBD is the only thing they were on like loads of medication and uh, he turned them on to CBD and it really has massively alleviated and improved their quality of life like right. tenfold so for him it was a case of going I want to work in the world of CBD more mm-hmm. because I see what it can do for people who've got problems and if I can make money whilst also helping people fucking why not yeah and um, for me depression I know that CBD just infinitely helps my depression so I'm like, all right, well, this can this can literally shrink cancerous tumors, take away people's depression, stop people with Parkinson's shaking like they're about to lose their fucking mind, you know, uh, help people with arthritis. It, it, can, it mm-hmm. has so many beneficial properties, and it's still a growing market that's quite exciting time to get into. So that's why I did it. All yeah. right, yeah, because I, I was I want to bring it to St. Louis. That's where I'm originally from, and. Yeah. Uh, the St. Louis is still very. Uh, you got to describe St. Louis for me. Okay. What's that like? St. Louis is the Midwest. Like I still went to school. Like even me growing up, I went to school with KKK members, Confederate okay. flags type of city. Very religious, Bible Belt type. That's terrifying. Very, <laughs> very. No, it's it's crazy in St. Louis. Yeah, still to this day. And um, that's like me going to school with a neo-Nazi and just being like, oh, okay, this is a thing now. Yeah, no, that's that that's St. Louis. It's very, it's not black and white. There is black versus white. Like I didn't meet my first Hispanic person till I moved to Los Angeles. Okay, a Hispanic Latino. I don't know what they like being called. I know, I know. It's, well, they're different. I mean, one's from Latin America and one has Spanish roots. But yeah, you can you can say it depends where the person's from. So uh, Latin, probably Latin people. If you're talking like Mexican, that's what I need to like start yeah, saying. Yeah. Latin, because that's the more PC. I don't know if it's PC. But. It's not. It's just it depends where your what your heritage is. You know, Hispanic is obviously derived from Spain and from you know Spanish people. Yeah. Um. So you had a load of conquistadors who went down to you know Mexico and fucked all the Mayans and against their well 
a lot of them probably against their will. Uh-huh. And so some of them have Hispanic heritage. Mm. Some of them are not. They're Latin American. They were born Mayan, you know, effectively. They'd be like a Mayan. A lot of, a lot of old school Mexican, you know, um, what's it called? Uh, Chicanas and Chicanos would, would call themselves Mayan. They would say they're Mayan, not, not Mexican. Yeah. You know, or not like, they don't, depends how far back you want to go and what they identify with. Yeah, so I want to bring... Basically, you're a racist either way, William. Yeah, I mean, I, I already know I am. So there's no way to even hide that fact or <laughs> any But I want to take CBD to St. Louis. Yeah. First of all, I want to congratulate you on this tea, man. Thanks I've never much. had my tea like this. Fucking British people. There's two things we do really well. Um, tea and uh, bad teeth. <laughs> We're the best at bad teeth. Is, is, is healthcare and stuff free there? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's almost like our government cares about us a bit. Well, wow. I mean, not that much. Not anymore, but... Uh, why would you say not anymore? What? Well, because they're not really listening to the people right now. You know, the Brexit vote uh-huh. that went through, and then now it was meant to have already happened, Brexit, and the actually leaving the EU, and now they're like, well, we're not going to leave just yet because we haven't got a plan in place that's agreed upon. So basically everything that now people are whinging about, they want to call another referendum, uh-huh. but they're like, nah. So they don't really... They don't really want to listen to the people, but they do have some semblance that the governance still gives a fuck about the people in that in that country. Is it Democrat versus Republican kind of like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you'll have like um, you know, conservatives, which would be your Republicans. Uh Yeah, and then we have like you know, Labour would be the Democrats, the Democratic Party. Although it's so like mixed up now. Yeah. That I don't really. uh, I don't even know, man. I think isn't it same governance over here? There's 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 Republicans and there's Democrats, but then you also look at it and I go, but there's also idiotic fucking morons and fanatics on both sides of those fence as well, mm-hmm. and that's trickled down into society. So now, I mean, it was always prevalent in governance, but it's even more so prevalent now in in society. Yeah, they're all cunts. No one cares really about us. Mm-hmm. It's about money, man. It's all about money. So at the end of the day, that's exactly what yeah. it is. Like I'm, I'm independent. I grew yeah. up Republican, but then I came out here. I was like, oh, you became a Beyoncean. Yeah, <laughs> be Beyoncean. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, I mean, in so many words, it's exactly it. Like my, my, like my dad has a very interesting story. Like my dad back in the '70s, he used to sell heroin from Los Angeles to Seattle. Like that was his territory. Okay. Then moved to that's Arkansas. A big bit of territory. That's a big bit of territory. Then moved to Arkansas, where I was born, but I was raised in St. Louis. Well, we went to Arkansas, and he ended up getting giving his life to the Lord and became a pastor in St. Louis and had okay. these churches. So it's like my dad is really interesting. The Gallon like, thing has a similar story of her father being a you know a little little bit of a criminal activity before, and then going and becoming a pastor. And really finding God's yeah yeah and That's going all interesting. out and now super strict. Yeah, that's how my super dad is. Super religious, super strict, just like, you're like, you used to fucking sell heroin, though, right? Hey, dad, <laughs> yeah. I, stop acting like you don't understand this whole yeah. thing. Like, it's like my son. God didn't sell you, like, tell you to sell brown, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, this is weird, because I talked to my dad, and I know we were talking about it earlier, uh, about my son, who's now, I guess, his drug dealer. The I, cycle continues, mate. Oh, the cycle continues. Skipped you. Wait, dude, but you said you sold a little weed when yeah, you were I younger. Yeah, I sold a little bit. And I, I sold I, some weed at university. Yeah, we've all sold a little weed, right? Yeah, I think. But that doesn't make you a drug dealer. No, it doesn't make us a drug dealer. I mean, that's how the the 
courts would have looked at it, but even up to a few years ago, and still do in certain states. Oh yeah, like if he, my son was, if I, we were to be selling just even a smaller than an ounce in St. Louis, they'd be like, oh, here they are, the drug dealing bunch of comics. Like that's how yeah. that's our cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so when I was telling my dad just even about my son getting into that whole thing, he's like, oh no, this see, it's a spirit. And just the whole—that's how he is. So for him, it's an evil spirit that was passing from through the family. Is yeah. That what you're wow. And it's like that. I mean, that's I, bullshit. And it, isn't it just circumstance? Isn't it just peer pressure? It, I think that's exactly what it is. He sees his friends doing it. Like, hey, you want to get this video game? Here's what you need to do. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So hey, if you can get me a fucking eighth, yeah, then I can. I'll give you twenty bucks, and then you know you do that three times. Yeah. That's you got a triple A video game in your pocket. Uh, yeah, easily. But you got to know where those drugs are coming from. What you need to do is, I think you need to like, if you want to get your son in check, <laughs> is you need to um, you need to do two things. You need to do what I'm doing with the CBD, but with him. So you need to like go. Well, look, I can't stop you selling drugs, but what I can do is sell them directly to you for a better price. We split the profits 50-50. You know that the source of the product is good. I know that you're never going to go anywhere else for your drugs. Interesting. Make it a father-son business. Legalize him. Get him to set up an LLC. Tell him to get the license. That is hilarious. <laughs> so I'm going to report you to the fucking IRS if you don't. If you don't get all the paperwork to go with this, I'm going to call up the IRS and I'm going to get your ass fucking out of here. Yeah. And you're 17. Like, so you'll skip jail, but you'll go to a youth detention center for a few months. You know what I mean? And you're going to get. Is he a good-looking lad? Is he a good, handsome lad? Yeah. Oh no, he's definitely getting. So you tell him you're going to get fucked easily. You're going to get fucked in there as well. Not not just like once or twice. Nah, they're going to like they're going to pass you around oh, like a rag God. doll. You know? Sorry, I blessed you with these gorgeous jeans. That's what am I going to do, man? That's... I apologize to yeah. my son right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Daddy made you so hot. You're going to get <laughs> sodomized to be on an inch of your life. In just jail, but that's how it's gonna go. He'll never look at weed again the same. Yeah, and he got pink dreads. He's got pink dreads. Oh wow, he sounds like a SoundCloud rapper. Ah, oh, yes, he's watched. Yes, he's watched. He's seen no, too no, many no, no, little no, no, pump. No. Well, at least he's not. He's not drinking lean, is he? No, no. Okay, no, that's no. good because that'll make him a fucking idiot. <laughs> but like, well, no, because those drugs just kill your brains. At least weed. I like weed. I think weed's great. It's yeah, very beneficial. But but maybe not where a seventeen-year-old should be thrusting their time and energy. And that's that's kind of what it is because I smoke weed as well, and I try to figure out how can I be so mad at his dealings when I'm kind of doing the same thing. Because what you're doing is legal. Smoking it in a state where it's legal is legal. What he's doing is illegal. That's the simplest. That's thing. yeah. That's that's the smallest form of it all. Mm. And I know you was asking earlier about uh, my son's mom. Like, is she got is she remarried? Is there another like guy in the house? No, my son's mom is a butch lesbian. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I knocked up a butch lesbian in high school. Actually, man. I do know that because you said that in your set. That's part of your part of the set when we performed together. Yeah. So, she's she's the man. Yeah, so in technically, a weird sense. Technically, she should be the shit out of him then. <laughs> she should, but she's not. She's, she, she's cl- she threatens him too. Or she's like, I'll beat you up. She never does, man. He's, well, look, you beat that pussy up last night, mama. Ah. And then runs up to his room and slams the door. Yeah, my, my son... <laughs> Is very interesting. Like we're we're not great parents. We're good parents, <laughs> but we're not great. In I like that to sense. hear someone finally admit it. You know what I mean? It's good to hear someone just go. You know what? Actually, nah, just not not the best of this. It, it, it's, it's just hard. But that's because you were a fucking kid when you had a kid. Yeah, you were seventeen years old, right? When you had your son. Yeah, that's. I didn't even know. I I was still selling weed <laughs> when you were having a kid. 
you know and I was the one I was your kid I just thought I can't put myself into the headspace as a 17 year old to be able to even fucking operate my own life properly let alone create someone else's life yeah how old how was your uh, your ex how was your, your the mother what do you mean how was she the same age as you yeah or? we're the same age she's okay. actually a, a year younger than me so, okay alright so yeah. she was 16 right she had 16 okay yeah that's, that's I mean that's hard it's hard to, how do you raise a kid with the inherent natural fears respects loyalties rules and regulations of adulthood around them when they look at you and go well you're not an adult you're a kid raising me yeah yeah and i'm still living i remember like i was still living at home with my parents when i would have my son because we would switch off weeks or whatever sure 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 and like there's times where I'm getting disciplined or like I'm getting punished by my parents while I have a kid. Yeah. Like I'm being grounded, but I have a kid. You couldn't like tag time. him in, guy. You're in, but you take this one. <laughs> <laughs> you take one for the team. That's all right. Grandma's gonna whoop your ass now, but that's <laughs> me getting in trouble is him getting in trouble at the same time. There you go. Like, Dad, can't you get They're your They're always whinging at you like, dude, Willie, you're always leaving your stuff laying around everywhere. Look, who put this fucking baby here? Do you know what I mean? Oh, come on, it's fine. Pick it's fine. baby up. I told put you Put it back in the baby it. box. Put it back in the baby box. The box, the baby has a box, right? The baby has a box. <laughs> the baby back in the box. I don't understand. Do you think he's going to grow up to be a drug dealer? Nah, probably not. He's all right. Just put him back in the box. Poke some holes in it. He'll be all right. Poke some holes in the box. <laughs> you let like him breathe. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was weird. It was. It's definitely weird having a kid that early, man. Like, yeah, I I remember like because they had this infinite amount of energy. Yeah, and you don't know what to do, even as an adult parent. And baby boners. That's a hard thing, right? That was weird when I seen my first baby boner. When my, was the first time he urinated on you when you were changing him? Nah, he was definitely young. He he did that a lot. He golden showered me a few times. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, you pull it down, you thought he urinated, but it was, that was old pee, but it, so he got that second round of pee I've been coming peed in. on by a baby. It's not really? Not good. Yeah, just on my arm, just up by my arm, yeah. How'd it get on your arm? Just got on my arm, just because baby pee, like, fucking shoots out of weird little directions. It does. That's what I'm saying, little boys as well, they get a little baby bone. I've never, I never had a baby boy pee on me, but I've got so many, when I raised someone else's child for uh. four years, and so, you know, parents would talk about stuff, and I go like, they would always be interested to ask me questions, because it wasn't my biological child, they'd be like, you know, how, how do you get on with like, you know, kind of changing stuff and things like that? Because when I met, she was 13 months old. Now, I didn't change her or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But when we got older, when she was like in two, three, we'd go to things on our own or like mum would be away for the day and I'd be babysitting and she would need help sometimes like wiping or making sure she, because they don't know how to wipe their fucking ass properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was potty trained from really young as well. So, but anyway, but like the first time I had to wipe someone, another child's vagina uh, uh, sorry, a child that belongs to another person mm -hmm. wipe their infant vagina because you don't want them to get, you know, sores from yeah. not cleaning themselves properly and you have to, I'm wiping their asshole. And uh. I'm very squeamish anyway. So it was like one of those. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but, but you know, but then I learned, and that sort of gave me some way into the, the unpredictable nature of children's urine. That's a That's a good carpet blanket term for it. This I, I forgot what I wish I would never even started to say this, but there was something where they say children urine is so pure that you can use it for like for something. I forgot what they said that you can use children urine for like to foot fungus. Yeah, you just need to <laughs> yeah. you just need to get yourself a little bit of that 
baby pee and just fucking start splishy splashing in there. <laughs> Put there with some carbonated whatever. There you go. Just go, down, just go down to like a local, a local, you know, uh, like what's it called? Um, you know, free to the public swimming pool and go in the kids' pool. Just go and walk around in that. Just up to your knees for a day. You'll be perfect. By the time you come out, it would have killed whatever. The amount of chlorine they have to put in there to take away the piss and shit, f- fecal matter, all of that stuff that's oh, in kids' God. pools. Your and, feet will be And great. my legs would be like two shades lighter <laughs> and all. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have like MJ legs. It's going to be fucking got impetigo or something like that going on. People are going to be like, Willie, you might not want to get that fixed. Like, yeah. Let me explain. I was trying to cure my toe fungus. And- hard though, isn't it? Hard. Hard raising a child and being a young man raising a child. But a great source of comedy for you. Yes. That's pro- That's where I get most of my material from. Yeah. Because they say comedy is pain or certain certain comedy. You got, of course, those that are not. But then there's, yeah. So I don't know how else to deal with it besides try to laugh at it's it. It's therapeutic. It does heal through the empathy by you sharing that story and healing through it and laughing at something that could be quite serious in your own life, it helps you a little bit, mm-hmm. but it also helps the audience, I guess, to go, oh, well, I can I can lessen my own problems by hum- you know, using humor or... Yeah, because kids suck, man. They do suck, don't they? The, like, I tell someone, they was like, well... Oh, they're kind of dope. What? They're cute. I get, they're cool You know what? Ki- I would say, like, the kid that I raised, she didn't suck. She was amazing. Like, when she did things that validated the way you were being a parent. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, I think that's the best way for me to describe it. Like when she did a little something that made me feel like she was showing me she was proud of the way that I was being dad. Yeah. That would be like the best feeling ever. Huh. Like even if she goes, oh, mommy, today I want to I want to wear, I want to wear the black t-shirt with a wolf on it. The bully, oh, my name was bully bully, but the bully got me, you know, just little shit. Like that, I'm going, my girl, you know what I mean? Like that, that made me real. No, but then, but then she also would cop block me at all times of the day with her mum, and she'd get in the bed every day. She'd ah. get out of her bed and wriggle in between us and start like, and ah, she was one of those feet in the back and the small of my back because she wants to get in between me and mum and have a snuggle with mum. Uh, do you know what I mean? I'd be uh. like, fuck off, <laughs> stepdad's trying to get his dick wet. <laughs> I part with your shit. I'm sleeping on a couch. Behind uh, on a, on a fucking bed behind the couch in the living room because the only bedroom in our in this apartment belongs to you the entire thing because my ex was a fucking lunatic so do me the little favor of just fucking off until at least eight in the morning yeah so I can maybe get my dick wet damn no, she never did it yeah I, I'm I think some of the things that I did that I look back at and I don't know if regret is the right word like I used to give my son Nyquil <laughs> I did I mean. I feel like some of this stuff could go directly to the NSPCC, you know what I mean, or whatever the the oh, American equivalent uh, is. Yeah, C- the C- child child C- protection, yeah, child so. pro- CPS, yeah, yeah, CPS. Oh, no. You know, yeah, I definitely raised my son very incorrectly. Yeah, drugged him. I, okay. uh, drugged is a weird word. Yeah, like well, I, said, I, just, <laughs> I drugged him, smoked a lot of weed around him, and now I'm confused as to why he wants to <laughs> fucking sell a few dime bags of fucking of shit Thai Where weed. Did you know what I mean? This from? Where did he get this from? Why does his eyes slope off to the right? Why does he walk with a limp? I don't understand. Why he walked in a, the Nyquil got him walking. It's like when those parents, you know, they were going, oh, well, we're not going to vaccinate our kids because it gives them all fucking, you know, the vaccines, autism, give them yeah. autism and stuff. Nah, 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 bro. Nah, I think a little Nyquil is all right. I mixed it up in his orange juice. There you go. It's all right. As long as it's master taste. But it was only- It's a very Cosby <laughs> move of you. Carry on. 
Damn. He's gonna drink up, drink up, kid. Drink up, it's just orange juice. His wife goes, his fucking big baby head starts bouncing off the side of the cot. And know? that's exactly how it felt, like, because. After a certain time, like I gave him like the 10 p.m. Malcolm, go to sleep, go to sleep. Sure, sure, sure. Wouldn't go to sleep. Drip, drip, drip. Orange juice. Like to this day, my son doesn't like orange juice because he feels like it makes him sleepy. Yeah. And I never really told him like, oh, it's because when you was a kid. I'll tell you what, weed makes you fucking sleepy as well. You know. Oh God. Although in this day and age, I guess you can now probably just go. Well, it's a really sativa, you know, uh. dominant hybrid and. I never done the sativas. Love it. I love that. It's my favorite thing to smoke. Really? Cause, yeah, because I want that. I want the high of feeling relaxed and good and calm. Mm. But then I like. Uh, that's why I'll smoke CBD stuff. Will make me feel great without any head rush. But I do like a little head buzz. But I don't want to be sleepy and tired. You know. Okay. So the indicas, I smoke that shit, and I'm like, this is great. I want to smoke my friends, but then I kind of want to just mellow out now. Maybe watch a movie. Mm. Does everyone? Yeah. Whereas like sativa, I'm like, I have a smoke. Hey, I'm high as bulls, but you guys want to talk about some shit or you want to do something. I'm going to try like- sativa now because I've yeah. never, like I said, I never tried it. I've, I've only, always only been an indica person. Yeah. I just want to either shut my brain up yep, yep, or yep. I become the most creative on on an indica. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. I come up with some of the craziest, most of it's not funny, but that little 10%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gold. Hey, 10% is a great hit rate. <laughs> if for every 10 bits we wrote, one of them was gold. That's good. Yeah, that's like five comedy specials almost. There you go. Because comedy's weird. Because like, I, I think I I can't sleep a lot because I come up with jokes at 2, 3 a.m. And I just be like, shut up. Just let me go to sleep. And yeah. it's like, write this down, Willie. And I'll wake up and I'll type it into my phone. And then I'll wake up in the morning. I'm like, eh, really wasn't even that great. Yeah. So. But that's it- all right. That's I mean, that's true of. Have you ever do the, um, I do the late night and the early morning thing. So sometimes when it's like I'm about to go to sleep as I'm just drifting off, I'll think of something or I have a thing. Mm-hmm. Also happens in the middle of the night or the morning, early morning if I wake up, I'll be like, oh, and I'll come out with something and I, brrr, I write them in a little notes thing in my iPhone yeah. and then look at them later. And half of it's dog shit, but half of it goes, oh yeah, there's a real thing there. Yeah. There's something about hallucinogens or dream states that allow us to have that freedom of thought. And I think this is why a lot of people, a lot of creative people especially, have now taken to microdosing, which mm. I've never tried, but I would be really interested to give it a go, where they'll get like acid tabs, but they'll get like LSD, you know, like really small amounts. And I'm talking like of each tiny little square, you know, where you might have one normal square of acid. Yeah. They'll break that down into like 16 tiny pieces. So you're literally just, you don't feel high. You uh-huh. don't actually get high. There's no point where you start going, whoa, man, the fucking paintings are talking to me. It's none of that shit. But what you will do is be like, God, I feel like spatially, I feel like it's big. I have more spatial awareness. I feel like colors are slightly more vibrant. I feel like my mind is open to concepts mm. that it would otherwise be closed to. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the greatest thinkers in the world have used, I mean, you look at all the fucking poets throughout history. Yeah. You know, whether they're, whether they're, whether they're um, Elizabethan court poets or, you know, Dutch fucking Renaissance period poets or whether they're uh, shamanic poets sitting out in the fucking jungle with a tribe. Yeah. All of them, whether it's opium or, you know, ayahuasca or, you know, marijuana or whatever, they've all used something mm-hmm. that opens them up to concepts. And that's where some of the best art comes from. Would you try ayahuasca? Or how oh, you say yeah, it? yeah. Ayahuasca, so ayahuasca, the thing that excites me about that is it's a, a like a lot like um you know, like a CBD and etc. You it's a healing plant. Like the properties that it associates with it, it's not 
getting high to get fucked up and feel like, whoa, man, it's going to fucking pie. It's, you, you, you can be quite physically sick at first once you drink, once you drink mm. and you will shit and vomit a lot. And then you trip balls and you rectify things. Like you, it helps you to put things in place in your mind mm. and to go, oh, I didn't even realize I was coming around. I've had friends who've done it who went, I went to do it because I wanted to deal with sadness of a breakup or I was really depressed. I was having major depression or whatever. Something had happened or like some kind of midlife crisis, whatever the fuck it is. And then they'll go in and one of them in particular said he always knew that there was something bad in his past. Like some, he had some problems with like a family member who was a bit abusive. But when he did ayahuasca, he it opened up all of his memories from that time. And he saw, relived through briefly some of the abuse he went through, but he saw the extent of what it was. And it made him understand why he has certain barriers and upsets now. And then he was able to go and see a therapist afterwards and go, I didn't even remember that this had happened and this had happened and this had happened. And she was like, well, how does that make you feel? And I was like, relief, because I mean, I locked it away. Clearly as a kid, he locked those emotions away mm-hmm. and those memories away. I was groomed by a pedophile in my mm. school, a teacher, you know? And now as far as I remember, hand on heart, don't remember him ever getting to physically do anything sexual with me. Yeah. He definitely touched me inappropriately. He used to grab the back of boys' knees. He used to pinch our knees in class and stuff like that. So he was always grabbing the back of your legs and stuff. So he was inappropriately touching us all the time. But I mean, like, not like, you know, fingering. <laughs> He's not, he didn't get a fucking finger and wiggle it around inside my arsehole. But, yeah. but, then, but then also there's another part of me going, I was 11 when that shit happened. Like... 11, 12, yeah. you know, those two years, maybe two or three years, that shit went on that he was kind of trying to groom me. And I know he fucked other kids. I know he did stuff with other kids. I don't ever remember him ever touching me, mm-hmm. but maybe he did do something, a little something. And mm-hmm. I just locked it away, threw that shit away. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So, um, I had a teacher like that, Miss Zip. Yeah. That was her name. Oh, but she said, I mean, what was she like? Oh, she was, <laughs> <laughs> she was huge. She was probably this 60 year old. Lady, white lady, very heavy set, maybe like 350 pounds. And like yeah. when you got in trouble in class, she made you sit on her lap and she would just put her hand just around you. Like she would hold you like this and you'll just have to sit on. And the, the, I guess the punishment was the embarrassment. Like after class, kids would be like, hi, you have to sit on Ms. Zip's lap. How <laughs> old were you? No, this was fifth grade. So what's, what's that? that? Like 11? Yeah, 10? that's fucked up, isn't it? Yeah. Looking back at it. So Miss Zip, Miss Zip, was trying to give you the tip. <laughs> she, God, hopefully she didn't have a tip. Hopefully she was trying to get the tip. I mean, I, that's all you would have at eleven years old, right? Yeah, that's it. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> Just a powerful tip. <laughs> barely, barely anything else comes out. I never thought about much into it until someone was like one of these type of conversations. Like, yeah, I was like, oh, I had a teacher that did. That. Let me ask you because you're a black man, right? In America, the the Michael Jackson documentary. Mm-hmm. When I look at, I watched it now, mm-hmm. and I was a huge Michael Jackson fan. Yeah. Huge. Used to know all the dance moves. I used to watch the videos and repeat and do exactly what these kids, how these kids started their alleged stories of grooming. That was me watching the videos, dancing, making outfits for myself. I idolized that motherfucker. And then at some age, I can't remember when it was, but I started to hear stories about him and blah, blah, blah. And I sort of moved away from it and I went, no, nah, I'm not that into it anymore. Whatever. It was a natural progression. But when I watched it, I saw, um, oh, sorry, after it aired, I saw a huge amount of upset, predominantly from the black community, but I, I'm, I can only base it on the the people that I saw response from. So it would be mm-hmm. a lot of black comics actually in America had 
stuff to say about it and to go well this is another example of of uh of white media trying to demonize a black man who was successful and pull down the crown of the king and blah i'm not going to say that there couldn't be some element of truth to that that theory that conspiracy theory that yeah. this is why it's happening and i also think after watching the documentary there is definitely truth to the fact that he assaulted young children like mm-hmm. i think that and predominantly you know just young boys yeah however even if we go take all those things into account and we kind of go, all right, well, blah, 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 blah. It is, there, there is a bit of white America trying to pull down a successful black man in, in an industry and ruin his legacy. A 35-year-old black guy walking around holding hands with a seven-year-old child that is not in any way, shape, or form related <laughs> to him and having that kid on the first time they visit his fucking giant weird theme park for kids. Yeah. He sleeps in in the same bed as them. I don't give a fuck if he was putting it in or not. That motherfucker is weird and is creepy and has got some fucked up shit with kids. Yeah. And those parents are mental and blown away by stardom. And it's like, and that, that was the frustrating thing. So I guess my long overarching point was, um, do you think, because there, there's been a bit of a response, certainly from black comics that I know, saying mm-hmm. this is bullshit. This is just people. What, what I wanted what to, to hear what your opinions might be. No, most black comics, or just even black people in general, yes, we know that Michael Jackson had this whole little weird thing with kids. But I think we are more overpowered with the idea that white media has is trying to take take him take him down. Because if you look at all the stories, I I I, I have not seen the documentary. But I saw all the uh, news stories surrounding it and yeah. the backlash and what. So they were saying like the guy, the guy, the one of the people that's in the documentary, sure. one of them's like trying to take it back. And then the other kid or whatever, they said he was trying to be on one of Michael Jackson's tours. Like right now where they're doing one of those little Michael Jackson tribute tours as a dancer or a mm-hmm. choreographer. And when they... Block the family blocked him from being in it. Mm-hmm. Now this documentary came out, sure. but then they don't talk about how how old was uh, Marie Presley. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. So that's the that was the kind of thing is going like, well, Elvis Presley was fucking a fifteen year old when she when he first started or hanging out with her. She was Jerry 14, Lewis, 15. Jerry Lee Lewis, dude. There's there's so many fucking. But I'm not. This is see. This is my this is my kind of irritation. Is yeah. Elvis was a fucking creep, man. Elvis 100% was grooming a 14, 15-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Now, the stories are that they never slept together until she was legal age, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe that. I believe he definitely slipped her a little bit of a ha-ha. Uh-huh. But, like, it's not right. That's not right either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, again, and, and the, here would be the counter-argument is I'd, for, the main argument for me would be it doesn't fucking matter. That doesn't excuse Michael Jackson just because some white guy called the king as well was right. a creepy fuck. Yeah, let's take him down as well. If we can get a documentary together about that, let's fucking make it happen. Yeah. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. So um, that argument doesn't really wash on me. But the other part that does is I go, there's, if, even if we wanted to look at those particular instances, Elvis coming to pro- prominence in a period of, uh, time where in some states you could marry people at 15 at that time like in some certain states in America that shit was legal mm-hmm. um, doesn't make it right we now know that you shouldn't be fucking marrying 15 year old kids no you know? I'm with you I but agree. America at that time 
still okayed it in certain states it was almost like well he's courting her he's not sleeping with her not being intimate with her again I think that's <laughs> bullshit utter fucking bullshit um, but this was a woman he married and then stayed with and they had a longevity of love and relationship if Michael Jackson had been called up for meeting some handsome little 15 year old boy dancer blah 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 and had hung out with him and everyone thought it was inappropriate as fuck but then, you know, in certain states, the, the legal age of gay relationships was 15 in certain states and blah, blah. In that state, it was 16. So he was technically hanging around. If it was going on, it was a bit illegal. But if, if we'd grown up to know that Michael Jackson met this 15-year-old kid, built a bit of a relationship with him, promised that nothing sexual was going on, and then after like a couple of years married that motherfucker or had an open gay relationship with his partner who he stayed with for many years and even though they split eventually they stay remained close and cared about each yeah. other if that was the story i think they wouldn't even be outraged from the white community about it so how do you feel about the it was more prolifically bringing a stream of seven-year-old boys into your bedroom so do you think it was you? power and money they got him acquitted both times who uh, Jackson. Michael Jackson? Oh, the first time it was because they didn't have the evidence, and and these kids were spoke up and sp uh, t talked on his on his in his defense, right? And I think they did that because they really loved him, mm -hmm. and because if you groom someone over a fucking period of you know months and years uh, to the point where they don't care about their families anymore, I mean, it seems like such a methodical. These guys, bear in mind, didn't, as far as the documentary was concerned, didn't corroborate their stories with each other to then go and do this documentary. They were interviewed separately. And there's so many elements that have, seems like there was a pattern, a systemic yeah. pattern of grooming, that I think it, there's truth to it. Do I also think that that guy is an opportunist cunt who wants to make money? Yeah, I do. You can be a cunt, an opportunist cunt, and also have been assaulted. Right. He's part of this world. He's part of this industry. The entertainment industry he's going to be fucked in the head he's going to be a little greedy he's going to be a little nepotistic and or wrapped up in him sorry self-absorbed and wrapped uh -huh. up in the 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 glamour of i used to be michael jackson's number one and now i'm not there could be there's a whole load of levels to it but what didn't change for me is that when a fucking 35 year old is walking around holding a seven-year-old's hand <laughs> and then sleeping in a bedroom with him at night and he doesn't know the fucking family guess what you're a fucking mm. nonce you're a pedophile. I don't give a fuck. Like, that's no, I completely agree. Like I, I don't. <laughs> that guy who had me coming around to his boat more, you know, my Latin teacher and pinching the back of my legs. Everyone around us should have known that he was a fucking pedophile. Yeah. But back then, they just go, oh, well, you know, he's just his character. He's a character. Same with your teacher. Mm -hmm. Having an 11-year-old boy sitting on her lap with some kind of punishment. She's a fucking creep. Yeah. That's creepy shit. Yeah. Shouldn't do that. But back in the day, you go, well, shouldn't have been naughty. Then you wouldn't have to sit on her lap. That's yeah. how we viewed it. So I think... Um, I don't know. I think on reflection of how we used to treat those characters that we now know are fucking kids, it's like I don't know, man. I think I think Jackson's a creep no. I think he's definitely a creep. Most I think what it is also is sometimes we're able to separate the music from the person. Right. Yeah. So it's like even though it's his voice, it might be someone else's lyrics and they're playing. And like we lived through such a period through the eighties and nineties through his music. Yeah. And then it's like documentary. It's like ah, sure. God, that sucks. But oh, dude, this has been like the man. Man had like you know forty years where he was you know so incredibly prolific. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. His legacy is huge, and I understand that his particular legacy for black Americans 
is so incredibly important mm. in the same way that Cosby was. So many people came out supporting Cosby, even though fucking, what was it, 30, 40 women came. I feel like he raped all of America. I think that was pretty much the final count. <laughs> but, whole final do you know count. what I mean? Like, seriously, just like, okay, got me too. But it's almost like that for me is problematic because there's other black heroes that are so honored mm-hmm. by everyone. It's, it's scary because a lot of like it, I guess maybe it is that date time thing or like because it was back in the day like I grew up on Cosby like I still I I bought Cosby uh, records like I have them I don't even have a record player last but week I, two weeks ago huh two weeks ago two weeks ago th- yeah. that I bought these you donated to his Patreon page yeah. and all that yeah. huge Bill Cosby support yeah Willie still still <laughs> no but I just liked his storytelling abilities sure. and how he connected with folks but. Dude, I used to watch the Cosby Show. I fucking love that show. Yeah, he was engaging and funny and brilliant. It almost hurt when they, you when you found out that like Martin Luther King was just this womanizer. Like Martin sure. Luther King slept with, and once again, half of America. But here's the deal: Martin Luther King slept, you know, with half America, um, and they they gave him, you know, permission. Yeah, there's a big difference, you know, someone being a fucking dirty dog. But he's a, he was eloquent, intelligent, morally and ethically on point. Mm. He just liked to get his dick wet. But he did it with, you know, he got he got consent. That we know of. Sure. Now, if, if 50 women came out and when, if 50 young, if, sorry, 50 old black women came out all of a sudden <laughs> and when, because I think, it, uh, am I incor- incorrect there? I thought he, a lot of his partners were black women, right? Yeah, was, a lot of them were, but he had slept with white slept women. Slept with some white yeah. women too. So if, but if, if so, okay, so then if a mixture of different women and all races, but if they all came out and when Martin Luther King repeatedly raped me and 50 women came forward oh. and said that and they could prove that they were with him and in relationship, then we'd have to reassess what kind of a man he was. God, that'd be scary. You know what I'm saying? But but we'd have to reassess. Yeah. And um, I can understand the frustration of going, well, why are we reassessing just the black stars? Why aren't we reassessing the white stars? Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, I, I my, my girlfriend's a woman of color and we, we talk a lot about, we've been talking a lot about race and a lot about my position. And I realized that I don't even think I'm in a place to ever comment on this shit anymore because my experience is so so alien to this country yeah you know i'm a fucking immigrant here and i know i got all the the um the trappings and privileges that any white man is afforded anywhere in the world or most places in the world where i can walk around and ralph's and no one's going to follow me around but you do the same thing <laughs> well, what's going on what's he doing you know what i mean what's he picking up I, I i understand all of those privileges the problem is is that a lot of the privileges a lot of the racial um hatred and a lot of the uh the tropes that follow races Mm. don't apply in england like they do in america we just have such a different attitude towards race why there's still racism in england plenty of it there's still issues between different races but ours is all about it's always been about class divide Mm. so where i grew up black kids asian kids and by asian i mean pakistani bangladeshi indian you know um and some white kids and we all fucking grew up together and we mixed together and we were separated by being poor or being working middle class, you know, working class into middle class. And then there were the kids who were wealthy and middle class. And then there were kids who were really rich. So you were like, you were separated by your earnings, not by the color of your skin. More so, more so in a big way. Yeah. America, because it, it's a young country, but also it professes to be this um, super woke, super culturally adept, you know, 
oh, we're a country that's got all these different amazing cultures in it. Yeah, you're like, yeah, but none of these cultures are like really intermingling. At all. They're still voraciously holding on to their own, oh, my own shit. And I know why, because this country doesn't, if you, you, you release a little bit of what you are, yeah. what sets you apart, you get lost in this country that's very true. rapidly. I like, for example, I've never been with someone outside my race. Really? I've been scared. The one time, here's what happened. So well, I, it makes you feel bad. I'm never dating a white woman ever again either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared, I, and that's for a very different reason. But I'll tell you that afterwards. Uh, so when I was six, I was sixteen, and uh, I was working at Walmart, and this white girl comes to me. She's like, "Hey, Willie." I'm attracted to you. I want to have sex. With oh, she worked there as well, right? Yeah, she worked there as well. I like well. the idea. She's a customer. I just saw your name badge. Yeah, like, yeah just like, oh, Excuse you. me, Willie. I wonder if you can right help. There. Uh, give me that <laughs> sweet dick. <laughs> so she was like, let's have, we're, we're going to have sex. I was like, cool. I was like, this yeah. is going to be amazing. And so uh, she's like, we're going to do it on Friday. This was like a Monday. Thursday night, I had a dream. And, I, I, and I've always had very, very like detailed, specific dreams. Mm. And so this that vivid imagination. Oh man, it was so scary. Like I used okay. to wake up throwing up on some of my dreams. Oh fuck, and, all right. And I also maybe do get it, night terrors. That's a, that's a the thing, sleep right? paralysis. Yeah. yeah. And then and I also do. Have you ever heard of people that travel in their sleep? Oh, this is weird. Oh, I'll you mean you. like getting up and walking around? Yeah, like no, 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 not sleepwalking. It's like when you're still, like your body is still asleep, but it feel it looks. I know this sounds really crazy, but it feels like your spirit is getting out of its body, and you can kind of. Uh, yes, I do. What you mean an out of body experience? Yeah, I, I used to have a lot of those. Okay, and so and would you look down and see yourself? Oh, I would see myself, and I could like leave out of the room and all this other stuff. It was it's really weird, crazy shit. Yeah. And so I remember having this dream that me and her had sex and she had a skelly vagina and she ripped my dick to shreds. A skelly vagina? Yeah, or like has, a skeleton vagina? No, not a skeleton. Skelly. Like, it's a, like, like, a like, scaly? Yeah. Like a dragon? Like a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> what? And she ripped my dick to shreds. Friday comes. I was like, hey, something came up. Never messed with her. And since then, I've never... Dated someone outside my race, never kissed, never slept, or any of that. I know. Hang on, wait, hang on a second. A dream that you had when you were a kid told you that a white woman was going to have the vagina of a dragon. <laughs> so you went, Yeah, I'll just stick to black chicks. That's what happened. That's, That's part of what happened. Shaped but then- your sexual history has been. Damn, Jeff, you try to sit here Wait, and be honest with and you. And you've only ever fucked black chicks? Yeah. What about, how do you know Asian girls haven't got like a, they might not have a dragon pussy. They might not. So then, because I grew up in such a very culturally divided city, like I've always been scared to approach them. Like the reason my dad even left Arkansas to come to California was because he was chased out. From, uh, by the KKK oh, fuck, because he really? kissed yeah he kissed some white chick or whatever some the, what the guys found out and a little fire came out of her vagina yeah exactly and it got passed Dracaris. down <laughs> <laughs> a little Game of Thrones there right you go. there just burnt through the front of her jeggings oh god so then I came out here and uh, I just always like oh they must be like the white girls in St. Louis where they're like fuck black guys or whatever sure. and this time has passed. No, here they're like, mm, fuck black guys. Yeah. And I yeah. didn't know that till later. And that ever, I, I've tried to approach a couple. 
and uh, it, it backfired, meaning like it just didn't work. It just is sure, like sure. whatever. And uh, just like running up behind a white chicken and car no, park I'm not, or something. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Yo, bitch. What's up? <laughs> Maybe if I was three oh shades my God, lighter. He's gonna rob me. <laughs> go go dragon pussy. Go go dragon pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Inspector pussy. Just fucking chases you out of the car park. Son. I'm gonna ride that thing. I'm gonna tame it. Oh god. Um yeah, that doesn't happen. I've definitely had sex with a few white women and uh no, no scales. No no scale. I mean, I mean there were some that were a little leathery, but I mean there's never <laughs> a little leathery. A little leathery. Oh little, god. A little overworked, but I mean I'm sure my penis looks like it's been through the wars a couple of times. But the uh yeah, no no scales. No scales, no fire breathing. Yeah. I mean there's I've experienced a downstairs heat before. Huh. Like I said, I've seen some leathery lips, but never Never dragon scouts. My son don't like black women and only prefers white women. Well, that's because he's a SoundCloud rapper. We've established that already. <laughs> that's exactly why. Yeah, yeah he, white I'm, girls are infinitely more impressed by smaller amounts of weed as well. Have you noticed that? That's is that what that is? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, maybe that's why he's doing it. Did you bring out a bag of weed in front of white people? They're doing. Like, oh my god, that's what? That's a that's a lot of that's a board. Oh, that's some weed right there. Come, <laughs> this, come on, look at Susan. Susan, Susan, come in here. Come in here. Come in here. No, honestly, it's worth it. Look at that bag of weed. Isn't that cra- God? Is that? Oh, it's all real. That's correct. Whereas you pull the same bag out in front of black people. The guy. Oh yeah, that, I can yeah. sell that for you. What do you want me to do? Uh, yeah, are we smoking? Are we going to smoke it? We're going to put that in one blunt, right? <laughs> in one blunt. <laughs> one blunt. Whole ounce. I smoked out. I had my my most proud um, white boy impressing black people moment the other day where I I. I Rolled a couple of uh, blunts. You can see the tail end. We'll grab, we'll grab it after the podcast. But um, I rolled this big fat fucking blunt, and I put a load of keef in it. Mm. Yeah, and I, I got this group of my 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 girl. You know, she was hanging in with some friends, um, and it was like they were they all guys. You know, a couple of them were gay guys and stuff, and they were all musicians and dancers and actors and stuff. But it was like five guys, and I got I, I smoked them all out. I got them super fucked up. Yeah, to the point where they're all going. That's, yeah, we didn't think you were gonna. Yeah, that was impressive. There, you could tell there was a little, there was a little mild respect. Yeah, for me being able to get them that high. The high like, All right, fair play, Jeff. The highest I've been was with Dave Chappelle. Oh so, yeah, I can't imagine smoking with him or Snoop. Like Snoop, Snoop's the kind of guy you smoke with, and that's it. You never come back. Yeah, the, Cat William has a funny story about smoking with Snoop. So I was at the comedy store. Dave Chappelle has canceled my shows at the bell in the belly room twice because he bumped. You got bumped because yeah. he went on. Yes. No. No. Just the entire show got bumped. Like we was doing a show called Black Guys with Glasses, and uh, well, at least the first time. And so, I mean, we've been... <laughs> At least for the first lineup, which was predominantly black men with glasses. With glasses. Yeah. And we promoted this show for a freaking month. Yeah. Two hours before our show, they, we get the call, hey, we got a special guest, Dave Chappelle, and uh, whatever. He did this twice to us. Like, Why couldn't he, um, why couldn't he just jump on your lineup? Because Dave Chappelle doesn't do time. Dave Chappelle... Yeah, at the, at the, well, actually, that's a lie. He d- always does like 45 minutes when he drops, does a drop in at least mm. or longer, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. But he, he always does at least 45. But at the comedy cellar, he will do a set. And like maybe all the other comics will have their sets from 15 down to 10. Yeah. So like they can give him another half hour, you know, uh, just to get up there and fuck around. Yeah. But um, I thought he was kind of respectful. No. Maybe it's just in LA. He doesn't respect the comedy in LA. I don't know. But which I understand. He did two hours this night. 
And uh, so I'm I'm in the they got that VIP room in the, in the like kind of the basement at downstairs area of the comedy store. And Should I'm just talking. Change the show to black men in glasses standing at the back of the room looking annoyed at Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I was the only one that kind. Of, I was the only person that showed up after I got the after everybody got the news. There it is. I just stayed home. I went up there anyway. So I, I hang out at the comedy store maybe like two times a week anyways. And uh, so I'm talking the most shit about Dave Chappelle in this back room. It's me, one other comic. They're making fun of me, and they're already offering me some weed. I was like, no, nah, I'm not smoking. I don't really want to smoke tonight. Whatever. So in there, pour some drinks. And I'm like, yeah, fuck Dave Chappelle is what I said. And as soon as I said that, Dave Chappelle walks into, like, the back VIP room. I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? And now I'm like, <gasps> I had that little star. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's Dave Chappelle. I, had I mean, I mean. I fuck with Dave Chappelle. That's what I meant. I fuck with Dave Chappelle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Dave, didn't see you there. <laughs> now, hang on a sec. Did he hear you say fuck Dave Chappelle as he walked in? Yeah. I, well, he didn't walk in yet. But after I said, after I said. So it was literally like a beat and then. Yeah, he's in like, a, like a sitcom. They do say he has like superhuman hearing. I could only imagine. Because so, you saw how Buffy got now, right? Yeah, he's, he's got, got like, definitely real got stat. real cut. Yeah, he did the, he did the uh, Captain America workout. Did he? Yeah, so he like they put him in a tank. It just takes ten years. God. They put him away. He wrote some jokes while he's in there, and he came out, and he's all like, like a hyperbolic chamber. Yeah, exactly. For yeah, my yeah, Dragon exactly. Ball Z uh, people that watch that. So yeah, he comes in, he pulls out a blunt, and I've never been this high. And I'm talking about like he like. Well, hang on a second. Did you continue to tell him that he'd fuck? How the amazing he was. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Bro, you should have hit him with it. You should have gone. Someone told me that. They yeah, said if you, you would have said something to Dave Chappelle, he probably would have gave you like five, ten minutes at the show that he was doing. Yeah, you should have said like, oh, man, well, you know, hey, what's going on? Yeah. You know, I was meant to be doing the show now, but you just pulled the whole thing. So I'm going to come up and watch you if that's cool. And he might have said, well, why are you on blur? Why don't you jump up for ten minutes or something? He might have given you a fucking. And someone told me that. Uh, her name was Punky Johnson, who's uh, the bartender there at the comedy store. Because sure. I guess he bumped her before. And he, he she said something to him. He's like, oh, my bad. Let me give you five, ten minutes. Yeah. And blah, blah, then blah. Then you can put on your thing. You supported Dave Chappelle. Yeah. God. Wouldn't that have been amazing? But no. So, yeah. Smoked with him. And this, I don't know what the fuck Dave Chappelle smokes. Yeah. But this shit had me so hot. I had to lay down. And it was one of those things where I wanted to stay up because the people that supported Dave Chappelle, there was like, uh, what's the guy? Not Ed Sharon. Uh, John Mayer was back there. Then Norm McDonald came back there. Like, it was a lot of people that you want to be like, like, I'm already like, oh my God, I'm around everybody that I grew up listening to. Sure. And all I wanted to do was lay down. I left and I, sl- I slept on the bench in the very back of the comedy store and just passed clean out for about half an hour. But this blunt was ridiculous. Yeah. I, that, yeah, that's the strongest blunt that's I've called, ever smoked. That's called rich person drugs. Rich person drugs. Yeah, it's like it's like look. For instance, when I was in TV back in the UK, I used to do a lot of cocaine. Uh-huh. So you smoke, smoke. I mean, I did definitely smoke as well. But you'd you'd you'd, you'd snort a lot of coke. Uh-huh. And then I remember once I went to a party, and I always used to think, you know, I was always the guy who always had coke because I had all the money. So people would be like, friends would do uh, friends, people who were hanging around me, um, ligers or whatever they called. You know, yeah. where they like hangers on. Um, they like come up to me and go, "Hey man, can I get two hundred fifty quid?" And you're like, "What do you need? Fuck it, that's like three hundred bucks, three hundred fifty okay. bucks." I'm like, "What do you need that for?" Oh, I ordered some coke for us. You know, you fucking pay for it, then you can't. You know what I mean? And I go, "Oh come on, man, you know you're gonna do it too." Blah, blah, blah. So it was that kind of lifestyle. Then once I went to, um, and you always think you got pretty good coke. Mm-hmm. You know, just having coke, you're like, "Well, I'm wealthy enough to have coke." 
and I went to this one where at one party in a fucking penthouse in East London, right near Dalston. And I remember the guy who worked there was uh, trying to be an artist, but before that he was um, uh, a trader. You know, he made all his money in fucking stock stock exchange and all that shit. You know, so he was a multi-millionaire ten times over, twenty times over. So we went to his place. He had this smoking hot girlfriend who did fire poi and was like a burner. She was basically like a fucking Burning Man festival chick. Wants to be an actress. Smoking hot. Dumb as shit. <laughs> and she comes out at some point and goes, do you want to try some? This is when everyone else is fucked off and it was just a group of us left there all like, you know, fucking still going. And she goes, come and, come into the bedroom. Let's all do some coke. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, all right. And I went in there and I did this coke. And it, it not only made me feel high and great, it like removed... All the come down, all the negative feelings I was feeling. It was almost like it was medicine hmm. and the best thing in the world ever. And I've never, ever done cocaine that good ever again in my life. Damn. But it was, I'm like, oh, this is what rich people get. This is how, this is the kind of drugs that rich people buy. That's it, you know? It's just a different lifestyle when you have, I guess, money. Hey, look, me and you do well on the thing. We get excited, right? We get excited. We do a job. You just did that. You just did the FX series, right? Yeah. Just shot that. You're super stoked. You know, maybe have a you got, your, you got your girl and you get a little celebratory bottle of something. You might uh-huh. go get some bubbles. You go, oh, let's get a bottle of Prosecco and just have a little fucking thing. Maybe if it's really good money, if you've done really well, you maybe go, let's go and get a nice bottle of Moet Chandon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But there's people out there who when they do something good, they go out and buy a magnum of the most expensive fucking champagne that's been in storage for 150 years you know what i mean that costs forty thousand dollars a bottle or one hundred twenty thousand dollars a bottle. it's just how the other you know it's the other how the other life live i was watching uh i saw something on the news where this guy in new york stole these super expensive like fifty sixty thousand dollar bottles of champagne from his boss or whatever and his boss had like 50 of these i couldn't even imagine spending Fifty to a hundred thousand dollars on a bottle. That's that's dumb. <laughs> that's it's dumb. dumb. Does I mean, it taste that much different? You got it. I mean, nah. First of all, and it's a lot of it is the allure. It's the experiential vibe of it, isn't mm. it? It's like getting to do something. I've I've drunk crazy expensive wines before, not champagnes, but wines. Yeah, you know, with friends who are you know sommeliers and, and collectors and wealthy and all that, and uh, it tastes great. Mm-hmm. But it still just gets you a little fucked up. And also, every single one of those people, after we've had the bottle of really crazy expensive shit that costs them fucking 10000 Yeah. We've immediately afterwards, the bottle we have afterwards is just a good bottle of wine that costs like you can buy for like 15, 20 bucks in the store. Every one of those guys knows what a good, cheap, good, reasonably priced wines are. You know what I mean? <sighs> so that's what they still go back to. Basically, what I'm saying is you can still, you can fly in the helicopter and fuck the supermodel and do the fucking purest cocaine off Pablo Escobar's fucking front <laughs> line. But ultimately, the shit that you have when you have to come down the next more is still going to smell just as bad. Yeah. Doesn't fucking matter what's gone in. You know what I mean? The supermodel's still going to pull this face when she wakes up in the morning with no makeup on. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter. It's like, and that's, that's the learning. But yeah, like absolutely. If I was if I was earning Dave Chappelle money, I'd smoke Dave Chappelle weed. Yeah, no, I would definitely do that stuff. Maybe he could start his own strain. Does he have his own strain? He should. I just found out about what's it called. Have you heard of a uh, moon rock? Mm-mm. Where they make uh, maybe it's a different word. That sounds like crack. though. It sounds a bit cracky. What it, is that? It's very. I took a picture. of It looked like dog shit, but it's uh weed rolled up with keef and a uh, hash. 
Okay. That shit. I think that's probably what I smoked because someone gave that to me and it, and it felt almost the same as the Dave Chappelle weed. Yeah. But does mix that much up and it was, and like I said, it looks like dog shit literally. And they just kind of break it up and you smoke that. I've I've never done shrooms. I do want. I've never tried ecstasy or Molly, but I've always wanted to. Yeah. But I've never found. Why didn't you mix that with the first time you fuck a white chick? Because they love ecstasy and Molly. I heard. <laughs> you know what we need to do? We need to take you to a club, right, that plays white people music. What's white people music to you? Uh, like rave music? Cause yeah, actually, I was going like to say like... Doom, well, doom, actually, doom. Yeah, but like actually minimal house and dance music, I think there's a lot of... I mean, from my... Again, this is English growing up in that world, but there was every, every race at that club. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like for dance music. But yeah, more like techno shit. Techno is very white music. Yeah. Black people don't fuck with techno too much. No. Nah. So we go to a techno club, right? Uh-huh. We're going to get you some fucking... We're going to get your son to put some pink dreads in your hair. Right? He's going to jazz you, you up. right now. Now yeah. this is what we're going to do. We're going to put some fucking beads in it. You know, you're going to look a bit more lazy and just be like a bit more blase about stuff. We'll get, we'll get you some SoundCloud rapper jeans. You know, all, huh. the, all the rip ones, right? Yeah. The Balencios or whatever the fuck they're going. <laughs> and then um, we're going to get you some Molly. Right, and you're gonna go around the party, and you're gonna offer chicks Molly. Did you, that's, is that what you do? You go, hey, do you want some Molly? Yeah, I got some Molly. Yeah, and then you're gonna do some Molly with some girls. As long as you ask their consent, you make sure they check. You know, hey, this is what's happening. Yeah, and then you fucking, you know, have a few little drinks, and then you'll be fucking some girl who you know is a white girl with dreadlocks. You're gonna fuck them. That's gonna be your first white girl. Is gonna be a white girl with dreadlocks. They're the worst. Ugh. Why? Because they got dreadlocks and they're white. God, isn't that annoying? That's not even cultural appropriation. It just looks fucking dumb. Yeah. Just looks dumb. I'm not even angry about the cultural appropriation element. I'm angry about the fact that you look like a fucking idiot if you're a white person with dreadlocks. Like, I'm always annoyed when I see, like, an Asian guy who's a bodybuilder. Yeah. A little part of me is annoyed, like, that's not, your body's not meant to do that. Uh. That's the same way I feel when I see white people with dreadlocks. I can see that. Yeah. But that would be interesting for that to be my first experience. Or, or a black person doing hoedown. What the fuck is a hoedown? There you go, exactly. Is the correct answer. <laughs> is the correct answer, by the way, Willie. Is it a dance? Is yeah, that it's a... like that country, you know, here oh, we go now. Grab your partner and turn around and learn a D and here we go. Yeah. I, I never got to country music. I tried to listen to it. Because it's, it's I mean, it's, it's on the list of things that black people are not into. Are, do you like it? <laughs> nah, fuck no. I'm not a big fan of country. But if I put on a cowboy hat and a pair of blue jeans, you blue look, jeans, people be like, all right, fair play. Yeah. You know I can't I mean? do that. I mean, you can. I look like Herman Cain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's real. In the same way, if I was walking around with big, long dreadlocks, like, hey, look you at know, this Ali right Selassie praise jar and all that, uh, you'd, be like, you'd be like, really? Stone huh? him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. The only one who's allowed to do that is the white, a white Rastafari. There are, there are white Jamaicans and white Rastas. There are. That does exist. Oh, I was down. Very in, rare, but it exists. I was down in uh, the Virgin Islands for like three months. And one, it, it fucked me up to hear like different races with like those Caribbean Thick accents. Thick Caribbean accents, yeah. When I heard an Asian person, she was like, yeah, where you at going in your mind? I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what, what is this? Love it, right? I hated it. Yeah. I was so confused. Like, you're not supposed to sound like yeah. this, but then that's me being racist again. Absolutely. I mean, like, like, but in, not in a bad way. That's not you being yeah. racist, because racist would, would, would suggest that you hated that experience or you hating her for being like that. You're more just going, this doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel normal right. to see a little Asian chick 
being like, you know, fucking allow yourself, Bama Clark. That's not normal yeah. to see. But that's great, isn't it? I, like, I, I just think with white people and dreadlocks, man, it's just, nah. I think the other thing that made me, I mean, I'm not now no more. I'm, I'm, I was ignorant to the fact when, I, when Indian people, when they were considered Asians. I never put them in that same category. Yeah, that's, that's American education. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't think like that. Yeah. And, and there are the ones that try to, you're so stupid, Willie. It's like, no, I just never put them in the same category. Oh, I had an argument with someone out here about that. Where Uh-oh. I was talking about going, oh, well, you know what? So I grew up with a lot of Asian kids. Blah, 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 and they go, oh, right, I always like Japanese or Korean. I was like, well, actually, like, you know, Pakistani, Bangladeshi, Indian, those are the majority. And they're like, that's not Asia. That's India, man. It's like, <laughs> I'm like no, no, no. That's in the continent of Asia. Like they're part of Asia, Southern Asia. And you're like, no, 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 no. And they went on a big fucking argument going, you're an idiot, America, British school. And I had to Google it and just go like, look, man, it's like Asian. Oh, fuck. Yeah, well, I mean, no, but it's South Asia. That's a different problem. It's the same continent, you fucking cunt. But that's that's the lack of education, mate. Yeah, I'm glad mine just happened between kind of like myself and someone like me and my girl. She was like, hey, you shouldn't. That's not right at all. And I, What do you like seeing that shouldn't? Like one of those juxtapositions where you see something that shouldn't go with something else, but it actually makes you really fucking happy. Uh, white women with asses. That that fucks me up. But <laughs> there's I, plenty of white women with asses, though. But I man, I, nah, I didn't. That's these a, days, that's a recent squatting, thing. That's squatting, a recent yeah. thing to me. Yeah, it was fat chicks. First of all, fat chicks with asses, of course, because there's you know it's got to go somewhere. Yeah. You mean like a like a like a fit looking white girl, but she's been doing her squats. Yes. Yeah. That's big out here in L.A. I, in St. Louis, there's a lot of just fat. Fat. There's a lot of just fatter. But even chicks. the ass just just falls off the end. Yeah. Then you come out here and just seem like that's not real. Yeah. Um. But something that doesn't go together. See, I like seeing I... a fat person who's really athletically dancing. What? That makes me really happy. You know what? I watched this dance video with this black guy, uh, and he's kind of heavier set, but. To see him move and do all those. Is that the big guy who's in the car park and he would do like some yeah. moves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a Vine. He was on Vine. He was like one of my favorite guys to watch. He's actually not black. He's um, he's from the islands. He's uh, he's Hawaiian, I think. Hawaiian something. But he's got very dark skin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big fucking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love seeing people. I love seeing people do something that aesthetically you would never think them capable of. Does that yeah. make sense? No, no, no. Yeah. When I see a fucking 600 pound morbidly obese person, I'm like, yeah, you probably, where I would expect to see you is sitting on a couch that you haven't moved out for six months, uh-huh. you know, stuffing your face with fucking KFC and McDonald's. <laughs> Seeing you popping and locking in a dance studio at Gold's Gym in Hollywood, that makes my dick a little hard. Can you dance? I can dance. I'm not great at it. I'm not like a, a super talented dancer, but yeah, I've done some dancing. I can, I can learn well as well. Yeah. Used to do like some salsa classes and stuff like that. Yeah. I try to dance. Like I, I, I'm one of those people that watch those YouTube videos from those folks in North Hollywood. Okay. Whatever, yeah. 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 And I try to mimic them. Yeah. I'm not good, but I want to learn how to dance. Even at 34, I'm like, I want to learn to dance now. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Why not? Yeah. You're never too old to dance. That's a good thing to do with a girl as well. White girl? With a girl, with a girl. No, no, my girl's like Latin and black. She's Jamaican and Puerto Rican. Okay. But like she loves to dance. Yeah. She wants to go dancing, learn and dancing. And she can dance. Like she can dance, dance. I think like when a woman's like Latin and Jamaican, I think they're just like, they're born with the ability to dance. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and also cook delicious food. Ah. And also, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think the freakiest girl I've messed with was a Belizean chick. Belizean, yeah. Yeah, that was that was. She's top three, top three. Belizean, blade. What's the what's the what's the mix of um black and Asian? Yeah, not blade, not blade. What's the other one? Um, one of the islands. It's like, fuck, nah. Anyway, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like I've messed with women that could kegel, you know, where they squeeze. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. But this particular girl knew how to like. It was like different chambers for each part of your penis, man. <laughs> it was it was the craziest thing. It was like I, an oscillate. It was like one of those massage one of those massage things doing that. Yeah, oscillating on your dick. Amazing. Yeah, which was. Or maybe she had the fucking dragon scales inside, and that was what was going maybe on. Maybe dragon scales is a good thing, and a- I. Misread this dream. <laughs> the, dra- the dragon pussy is what you've always desired. You just Maybe that's what it was saying. It's like after you get it, you're not gonna want anything else. Yeah. Maybe. Wouldn't that be crazy if I re if I looked at this dream right I now? think you should definitely have you got a girlfriend right now? Yeah. Oh, okay, so then maybe don't do this right now. But if that ever goes wrong, I definitely think you should just have fun fucking women of different cultures. Because <sighs> there's no better way mm-hmm. to learn about someone's culture than by fucking and fooling 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 for someone, falling in love with someone especially, but caring about and enjoying here's what I think it is you know that moment after you've just fucked after you've just had great sex with someone Mm -hmm. for me that's the most honest I feel like anyone ever is because all your shit's dropped all your fucking firewalls have been you know disabled you've dropped all your fucking preconceptions all your pretense you're both there sweaty feeling each other tasting each other's shit you've had vaginas and dicks smashing together like there's nothing there's no there's no there's no hidden bullshit anymore. Right. So I find that to be some of the best conversations I've ever had with women is after sex you lay there she lays her head on your chest and you just talk about shit and you laugh and whatever. Uh-huh. Maybe smoke a little blunt and just fucking talk. Ah. But that's what you need to do. You need to get up inside of just a, even just like just just like a little taster. Yeah. I'm sure you're a handsome guy, you're talented at what you do. I think you could probably just line up a few, you know, a few little hangouts. Let's go listen. Look, I'm not offering a long-term relationship. I'm pretty certain I want to do that with a black woman, but I would love to feel the warm embrace of, you know, a petite dragon pussy. <laughs> Say that. That belongs to a woman named Becca, probably. Becca. Becca. I could see me with a Becca. Yeah. Becca sounds like someone that's, she listens to a little bit of hip hop. She's, She's bougie as fuck though, Becca. Ah, yeah. oh, fucking bougie as fuck. Bougie as Becca. She man. always has a Starbucks in her hand. Yeah. But she does, but she, you know, she likes a little bit of T.I. and drink and, you know, she thinks, she thinks she's super like, super like, you know, into urban culture. Uh, but only because she's got, there's one black friend she has. I made her watch Hidden Colors. Are you familiar with Hidden Colors? I haven't seen it, no. What? Ah, no. uh, you, you, I thought you was on that side of the whole urban side, but Hidden Colors is just one of those uh, movies where it's just like. Here's where black people came from. Talks about the Moors and Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, if you're by, by on that side of things, you mean like of the urban culture, you mean that I have an understanding of the history. Yeah. About, then, yeah, I do. But that's because of British school education as well. So they teach y'all. Oh, all we know of this. about, yeah, we know about the atrocities of every country, but our own included, you know, uh-huh. British Empire and how we marauded around places. You know, of course, the genocidal lunatics who went out to America and settled in this land, the slavery, you know, and ferrying over ships of people. Yeah, we know. I mean, we get taught about that at school. Man, our education here is so one-sided. Yeah. One-sided meaning just white American culture. Sure. Most of the stuff that I learned about history and just different cultures was 
just outside of life, just talking to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. And then and the problem with that is if it's not factually and historically accurate in its in its depiction, then you're always going to get a subjective viewpoint once it's being given. But the problem is in this country, you get a very subjective viewpoint that just kind of ignores it a lot. Mm-hmm. Right? And they're changing the word slavery in these uh, new history books because like, they're, they're, they're called something servants or somehow they 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 pc cultured slave to like something where it's just like involuntary domestic servants yeah something like that like in the agricultural <laughs> agriculture this is, you know what that sounds like that sounds like a fucking some some like almost trying to make it comedian who adds all their different hashtags so hashtag actors life yeah. hashtag hand model hashtag voice actor hashtag you know producer of various sh- you know what i mean it's like all right they once put on one comedy show seven years ago uh. do you know what i mean for their auntie's birthday and they're like i'm the producer and uh, you know that's what it sounds like. They're trying to give like false, false jobs to people who that wasn't a job. Right. No, I can see that. Yeah. I, they don't want to say slaves. What's next for you comedy wise? What's your, what's your goal? Oh, wow. You're flipping the interview. Okay. Um, oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> uh, I just want to exclusively do. Um, no, I don't know, man. What is my next goal in comedy? That's a good question. I guess the same goal that I've already had. Which is continue to develop as an act, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to get funnier. I just want to get funnier and better at all the facets of the job that I do, whether it's writing, performing, crowd work. I feel like the best comics are the ones who I hate nothing more in comedy than when I talk to a comic and I go, they go, Oh man, oh god, I can never do that, or I'd never do that room, or I'd never do that spot, or I can never go up then. You know, when people talk about Dave Chappelle's of the world, right? The number of comics I've heard talk about Oh, well, Dave's coming in tonight, or Aziz's coming tonight, or Louis coming in tonight, or Amy Schumer. Fuck, you know, they're going to bump me. Right? I hate to go. I can never go on after those people. You can, yeah. how, how are you meant to go on after them? I'm like, you utter fucking morons. If you're a good comic, you know the best time to go on stage is directly after a superstar. Because uh-huh. that crowd's dicks and vaginas are all throbbing with the excitement and anticipation. And yeah, they won't know who you are, but you got, if you're funny and you're good, you've already got, like, you've got the hottest crowd you can work with. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so it's to be that it's to be that good in every facet of what I do, mm-hmm. you know. So do you see? Do you want to get to the t- sitcom world? Like, would you be a star of a sitcom, or do you want to? I got offered a sitcom role at the end of last year, actually, in December last year, to be a father on a Nickelodeon series, uh, but it was a five-year contract, so we re- we re- turned it down. Ah, uh, what's but, wrong with the, what's wrong with the five-year contract? That sounds like guaranteed. It's long. It's five years on a children's network. Everything I do, I'm not wasn't allowed to be able to be a regular on any other TV series. I wasn't allowed to work on any other children's network, including Disney, who own fucking you know Marvel and all of that. So uh-huh. that's problematic. Uh, anything I wrote in five years, they'd have a first refusal on producing. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of things that made it just like Ugh, just cut down the number of years. If they said two years, I would have taken it. Right, right, right. So yeah, I would absolutely do that role if it was the right role. Yeah, I'd do something like that. Um, but I also think I already know what my, if, you, if you're asking what would be my ideal yeah. uh, things to get, I want to play a villain, a super villain. I'm very big into sci-fi and fantasy. I'm a mm-hmm. fucking geek. You know, I'm always into that. And I'd love to play a really, really good super villain. Like a role like Negan on The Walking Dead okay. is the kind of role that you're like, yes, meaty. Yeah. Uh, Loki in the, in the Marvel movies mm-hmm. is infinitely more interesting than Thor. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can see that. Just like a, a better character across the board. Um, and then 
I would love to uh, to make enough money over the course of this year with this, you know, these other businesses to be able to afford to just shoot my own comedy special. Mm. I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to wait around for someone else to tell me what jokes I can do, how I can do it, whether it fits, uh, you know, the the woke generation. It's not enough. It's not enough to be a progressive, liberal-minded individual anymore. It's not enough to believe in the equality of all people. That's not good enough anymore. Right. Now you've got to be virtue signaling constantly. You're not allowed to ever upset any group in any way, shape, or form by saying something that's considered unpc mm-hmm. or overtly, um, you know, uh, divisive. But I make divisive comedy. I make comedy that makes you think. Yeah. So I might be talking about um, Trump and about uh, about racism and about politics, but I'll reduce it down to a cuckold joke. Mm-hmm. You know, to the idea of me being a, a, a husband in cuckold pornography and just hoping enough black guys show up to make things good for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, the joke is highlighting the fact that I'm on the side of people of color and how they're more likely to vote. If you're an intelligent audience member, you see that. Yeah. But if you're an idiot and you're part of super pc work generation sjw kind of thing it's it's interesting that i will get more complaints from people going you know that joke you shouldn't say that you shouldn't say that joke what are you saying are you saying black guys are any good enough to come and fuck someone in porn is that what you're saying no you dumb cunt what i'm saying is that i'm reducing the idea of not being able to vote in the midterms and being an immigrant in this country to being a a cuckold in you know in pornography right i want to do all these things but i'm not I'm not given any kind of, you know, free reign to do it. And realistically, I have to just hope and pray that enough black guys show up to make my voice heard because <laughs> we're going to have the same voice. Would you shoot it in LA or would you shoot it somewhere different? The cuckold pornography? No, I'd probably you, do it. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, <laughs> no you're, like, you're special. Um, oh, New York. New York. Is it if because I, that it, comedy scene is just so much more... Like, when I have the money yeah. to do it, what I'd really like to do is do three shows. One in London, one in New York, and one in Los Angeles. Okay. Do like a three three part, and then splice the three shows together, so you get three. Interesting. Groups. Yeah, that's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, because that's that's what my comedy is sh- has been shaped by the fact it's been international, and so when I do jokes, half my comedy career has been in America, and half of my stand up career has been in England. I did mm-hmm. like four or five years there before I left, mm-hmm. and then I've been doing it here almost four years. So I'm actually I'm eight years in. Yeah. So yeah, so five years there, three no four years there, four years here. Uh-huh. So I would love to showcase that in comedy you know that would be interesting what about you what's your what's your ultimate goal i don't want i really don't want to do movies i i don't see myself doing movies but you're an actor as well yeah i'm an actor is it because you have no interest in the medium the like the the format of it setup yeah i don't i don't i don't like being gone i guess i mean even though sitcoms would take me away a lot too but i feel like movies is just so much more tedious for me it's like I don't. I really don't want to learn a whole bunch of crazy lines. Like I want to be like a sitcom dad, like not Nickelodeon or Disney, but like I could see myself doing like an HBO type of thing. Okay. Um, I really want to build my stand up. Stand up is one of my favorite things to do. And well, you're I, great at man. That's why you're here on the podcast because you know when we did the show together, you thanks. know it was very impressive. Yeah. I also want to be able to do it outside of this PC culture. Like I've been working on some stuff that does not work in Los Angeles at all. Yeah. Well, certain parts, certain parts, depending on who's Question. in the audience. And this is me throwing a devil's advocate, a little spanner in the works. Yeah. I, for instance, I give you the, the example. When I perform in Vegas, I moderate um, some of my political material. Mm-hmm. I don't change what I'm saying with it. I change the way that I say it so that a 
predominantly red state Nevada and predominantly Republican audience mm-hmm. because they're from people from all over America, you get a real split. But I think you probably get more Republicans than Democrats in your audience. Yeah. So when I, I still make jokes about Trump, I make jokes about the presidency, I make jokes about governance in this country, but I change the wording to make it more inclusive so it's not it's less of a, an attack on those people's political outlook mm-hmm. and beliefs and more of a a social commentary on what's going on. So they can kind of go, well, yeah, all right, he's shitting on Trump, which I don't necessarily like because I'm a Trump supporter, but I also can't get angry at what he's saying because I understand there's truth to it and I can relate to that and empathize with it. And he's made it into something very funny that could apply to all of us. Yeah. Vice versa, if you've got material that you want to say that is not necessarily PC, so maybe it's saying, a bit, maybe it's taking the stance of even if you are a progressive, liberal-minded guy, I don't know what your political outlook mm-hmm. is. It doesn't really fucking matter. But even if you are want to be able to go, hey, I want to make be able to make fun of the fucking li- overtly liberal left as well, maybe you can still do that, but just find a way to do it for this audience so that they can shut the fuck up and listen and let you finish the point before they go, I'm offended. This there, is a safe space. There's two examples. So, for example, uh, America's Got Talent wanted me to do their whole audition process, but they want they like my kids stuff. But they were like, you they need were to like, figure- but can you break dance? Because we don't. Know. <laughs> we're just saying we, we like our blacks to uh, be just, able. Well, to- Well, we're trying to make sure that the diverse members really showcase their urban qualities, yeah. and I'm just saying that maybe break dancing could work for you. They asked me to, because uh, I have that joke about having a butch baby mom. They're like, you sure. can't say butch, you can't say lesbian. You got to figure out a different way to say those things. Can't say lesbian. Can't say lesbian because they don't talk about sexuality. So you're going to say she's into girls. Maybe I, that's what I could have said. Because yeah, I was like, girls. you know, my ex, she's into girls. And, you know, she's, 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 or she's with a lady. She's, yeah. she's got a, you know, she's got a partner who's a lady. Uh-huh. You could just say it as a throwaway thing like that. So you got that side, but then I got this bit where I talk about how last year she likes fisting dragon pussy. She likes fisting dragon pussy when they like you can't say dragon pussy on TV, and I was like, like, "Why not, Jeff?" Has to be reptilian warm space. (laughs) Reptilian warm space. Mm, mm. Skin, uh, uh, body wallet. Is a body wallet. (laughs) Yes. So it was like that, but I have a joke about uh, that's a prison term. Five hundred and no, no, that's uh, I got that. Someone, there was another comic that said I got there from a comic that calls it that i forgot who says that might might have been dl hughley okay but um 537 men got raped by women last year and i think that is such a funny just idea and i talk about it on stage and this chick's like rape's not funny i was like but this is man rape like this is a man she's like no rape is rape and i was like oh god but i said this i did this whole bit in like uh wisconsin and they were like hilarious yeah love it also that girl's right but also an idiot yeah i feel like the response to that is just to go you're right rape's not funny yeah but the joke is funny and it's about elements of this thing that we need to stop demonizing you know we need to we need to find a way to and make this an accessible thing for people to heal yeah because so yeah sure rape's not funny but a joke about rape can be hilarious Man, this is a man getting raped by a woman. Like a woman coming up to you, give me that dick, like gun to yeah. your face. And yeah. it's like even outside of that though, there's a, there's a um, one of my favorite comics back in New York, Lynn Coplitz. Uh-huh. She was like Joan Rivers kind of protege and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
she has the single funniest joke I've ever heard about rape in my entire life. Mm. And I don't think I've heard more than about three jokes that have made me laugh that are to do with the concept, at least as a contextual concept. Do you know rape. the joke? Um, yeah, I mean, I do, and I okay. wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it justice. Right. I'm, I'm pretty certain if you Google, you can find Lynn Coplitz and her doing this joke. It's fucking flawless. Okay, but it's basically effectively of her going. She at the end of her set, she normally does a bit. It's her closing bit, and she'll go, she'll go. Anyway, you know, if you enjoy my set, find me. You know, you know, you know, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. You know, Lynn Coplitz. You know, or whatever. Come over, just tell me you enjoyed it. You know, she goes, you know, one seventy eight. You know, McDougal Street, you know, apartment B. And, she, and she's like, she's like, I oh, know that's my real address. Everyone laughs. She goes, oh, that's, I mean, that's my real address. She's like, she's like, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, I, you know, I've been living in the village on my own in New York for the last fucking 30, 40 years. You know, what are you, what are you going to do to me? I've fucking, I've been through everything. What are you going to do? Are yeah. you going to come over and rape me? What are you going to do? Uh. Go, I'll, I'll rape your rape. And she does this whole, she know, I've already planned. You think I've been working and living in New York City for fucking four decades and you think I haven't already got a plan of action in place? She goes, you can't rape me. You can't rape me. You climb through the fucking window. You climb through that window. Boom, boom. I'm there, ready, in a negligee. I got candles lit. Do you know what I mean? I got a platter of like salami and cheese and meats and stuff like ah. that. Come in, come in. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you fucking, you're trying to rape me. I'm kissing you on the lips. I'm kissing you on the mouth. I will full on kiss you on your mouth. I'll whisper in your ear, don't ever leave. Like I will, f- and it's hilarious. And she does it obviously in, she does it a million times yeah. better than I'm doing it. And it's hilarious because it's her saying it. But her whole bit is fucking hilarious. And now she's had women say to her, you can't make that joke. If you're not a rape survivor, she goes, how do you know what I am? Oh. How do you know what I am? How do you know what's happened to me sexually? Yeah. You don't as an audience member. And I don't know what's happened to you. What I do know is that the joke I'm telling is funny. Uh-huh. The context of it is hilarious. The setup, the punchlines, the tags are fucking brilliant. And if you don't like it, that's because you're not taking the joke as it is delivered contextually. And that's it. your fucking issue. And, um, Salami so- cheese. <laughs> I just love the idea that you know you're a fucking you know evil rapist and you open up the window and you start leaning in and she's there like I didn't think you were going to take so long do you know what I mean she's there like soft lighting do you know what I mean it's fucking beautiful it's beautiful yeah so so you know to that woman and anyone else I think there are, there's contextual but of course you know the concept the, the, the act of hurting someone sexually abusing someone is abhorrent and disgusting mm-hmm. but it's not doesn't mean there aren't jokes about it um, so I think you can do those jokes it's just finding the way to tell the same joke in a different way to right. a different audience so that they can find the humor in it too. Yeah, it's not it's not one of those jokes that has like a staple in my thing. It's just one of those idea things yeah. where it's like these like I'm not calling the cops, I'm calling Jeff. Like, hey, you better hurry up on Hollywood Boulevard. Bitches out here raping. Like Oh what and I get down there and just like, Oh my god, I really don't want to have sex tonight. Yeah. I really hope some attractive woman doesn't put me in the back of her van. You know what the embarrassing and upsetting thing is? If I did that, I'd get left. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd be you'd be bundled in the back of a van. You'd be like, "See you later, Jeff." It's like a fucking hand goes over your mouth with chloroform. I'm like, "Wait for me Chasing a fucking black tinted window van down fucking sunset. Take me too. But it's um yeah. I mean, there's there's uh, there's got to be humor in that because the concept of a man, it's such a. Here's, here's, here's like here's like the here's the thing. Legally, I've been raped like by a woman. Mm. 
Potentially by two, but definitely by one, I can remember all the ins and outs of what happened. Hmm. And it was just getting drunk with an uh, exec producer on a TV show I was hosting years and years and years ago. And we ended up after the, you know, after the shoot, we had a few drinks with everyone at the bar and the hotel. She and I were getting on really well. We were flirting. We were outrageously flirting and blah, blah, blah. And everyone else went to bed. And she was like, why don't we have a little nightcap in your room? You know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, we'll go and hit the mini bar because the bar closed in the hotel. We go to my room. We have a few more drinks. We're definitely flirting. We're making out a little bit. We've messed around a little bit. And at some point, I say to her, I got to host tomorrow. You got to stand behind the camera. I got to be on camera. I feel like I'm drunk. I need to drink, pound a couple of glasses of water, and I need to go to sleep and get fucking... And she's like, no, no, I completely understand. I said, and also this, maybe we should wait until after we finish the shoot, you know? Because this is a little, a little unprofessional. And she was like, you're right, you're right, you're right. She goes, but, you know, I'm really enjoying company. Do you mind if I just, like, lay here? Can I just lay next to you and just, like, sleep? And I was like, absolutely. Like, That's great. Let's just have a little snuggle. So I go to the bathroom. I brush my teeth. I pull on some shorts and a T-shirt. You know, I give her a shorts and a T-shirt to get dressed in. Or, like, track my jogger bottoms and a fucking T-shirt. And we lay in bed. And then I wake up and I'm blind drunk and I go to sleep and then I wake up a few hours later and I'm naked and she's riding my dick. And because I'm a man and because it has a different psychological effect on a man than a woman in that sense, I never felt physically scared. Yeah. I knew I could just grab her and fucking throw her off me if I wanted to. Uh Uh-huh. But, you know, I wake up and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, I get, oh, I guess I'm, and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm fucking doing all this shit and running my dick. And at that point, you're just like, I guess, I guess I'm fucking this woman now. Yeah. Or I guess I'm being fucked by this woman now. Mm-hmm. But I never reported it. Of course what not. What the fuck am I going to report? Go to the police and go, hey, uh, this woman that I was making out with, <laughs> um, fuck me. And they'd be like, all right, fist bump. <laughs> Fist bump, peace. <laughs> Which emergency do you require? Uh, is it the emergency of well done? Because fist bump, fist, fist bump, and peace. See you later. Do you know what I mean? No, no, no. I wanted to report. Uh, do you know what I mean? What do you, what do, you do? Calling. Yeah, what do you fucking do? Yeah, exactly. What do you want? A fucking medal? Leave us alone. Do you know what I mean? Leave us alone. But seriously, like, what, what do you do? Um, but if that story, the generals were reversed. Oh yeah. But I understand why. Because of the physical threat and intimidation, the difference is, you know, if a man hurts a woman, most women, unless they're a fucking MMA fighter, <laughs> are going to feel very physically intimidated. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to be too scared to stop what's happening. Um, I psychologically felt a little bit, she used her position of power. She was my boss, the exec producer of this TV show. Yeah. And she wants to fuck me and like, I'm woken up and she's got my cock inside of her. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I just get on with this now. And yeah. I enjoyed the sex, you know, it was a bit fucking uh, all over the place. Naturally. And I got on with it and I think then I sort of like was a little bit fucking feeling a bit ill and like lay down and I went back to sleep and then I woke up in the morning. She wasn't in my room when I woke up. She'd gone back to her own room and left a little note like, hey, you know, I see you the shoe. I had to go and get ready. Do y'all even address something like that or is it just like on to the days of day of work? Nah, I just, but I didn't, didn't hang out with her anymore over the, well, not, over the shoot. Yeah. We had two more days of the shoot. It was like a festival, a music festival okay. we were covering for the weekend. So it was like there from Thursday until Sunday shooting. So there was two more days. So we did the Saturday and Sunday. Didn't really hang out with her again. And then, uh, and then she didn't, she didn't ever hit me up afterwards. Mm. And she was a bit like, you know, so I was, I don't know. But I mean, I'm sure for that woman, she was just like, ah, we were just both sloppy drunk and one thing led to another and blah, blah, blah. But I remember I was drunk, but my wits were about me. Mm -hmm. I remember being drunk enough, but being sober enough to go, I'm drunk and I need to go to sleep. Yeah. And this is not professional. Let's go to sleep. And getting dressed and giving her an outfit to be dressed in. 
And then I woke up and my fucking pants were off. You know, my shirt was sort of ridden up where she held it up. Uh-huh. And my trousers and pants, you know, my fucking shorts and pants were around my ankle. And she's on my dick. So I'm like, I know I didn't undress myself. I know I didn't get myself aroused. And I know I didn't put my cock inside of it. Yeah. And so it, it's like, you know. And but, I talked to my son about this because um, he had, because I, I don't know why I told him about this. I was just trying to find an audience, I guess. And he was like, how do, how do men get their penis hard if that's what happens? And I think, is it, is it because it's like. Have you never got an erection at an inappropriate time even oh, today? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've had three boners just during this podcast, dude, that were completely unintentional. Do you know I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. They were completely intentional. Ah, you start talking yeah. about dragon pussy, you know. And, <laughs> it does it for you. And fucking sexy Latin women, dude. I'm always going to get a little. Nah, you know what I'm saying? My point is if, you, if, you, if I lay in bed unconscious and a woman gently strokes my dick for a, a, a total of about 30 seconds, my dick's going to come to full yeah. erection. And then pull it out and put it inside of a pussy. Like, I mean, it's not like hard That's to do. That's funny, man. Yeah. In a nutshell, it's <laughs> so funny. Look, it's so funny, yeah. Man, my eyes <laughs> water. So maybe I have the most hilarious rape story. It's not actually, <laughs> not actually Linkopolis. No, but, but I'm again, you know, I think there's, there's, there's humor in talking about those things, but you also, yeah, it's understanding. It's, it's taking into account enough that the potential upset of an audience member. Mm-hmm. But then also ignoring their subjective standpoint enough to to be true to the joke. If you know what contextual delivery you're trying to put across, but if you're getting people in the audience upset by it, yeah. for instance, like I have a joke about consent because I've been on the receiving end of crazy fucking women, women who wanted to hurt me, women who were sexually dangerous, women who cheated on their partners with me, mm. and then you know tried to make out like it wasn't. You know, there's 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 bad women out there, or well, not women one particular woman but i like enough shit that makes me very skeptical of women now mm-hmm. which has actually been good for me sexually yeah to just go i'm basically not gonna fuck anyone unless i'm really certain they're mm-hmm. not nut job but um with that i still when i tell my jokes i have a joke about consent basically yeah. and it's the, the bottom line is it's about the ludicrous nature of men feeling any threat from women Mm-hmm. but also a very real honest take on the fact that right now as a performer with TV credits, I absolutely know there's every chance. I was prolifically sexual and promiscuous. Mm-hmm. I used to fuck a lot of chicks, always with consent, always good. We were yeah. always both into it. But the more success I have on TV and film, the more my name is out and about in this current social climate, of course, there's going to be opportunist people oh, yeah. who want to try and get a moment of fame, get some money out of you, whatever the fuck they want to do. Uh, touch wood that, you know, that isn't going to be the case, you know, and the fucking legal system works, which I don't think it does in this country, clearly, but depending on, you know, where you're from, what color your skin is, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, but it puts me in a position, I think it puts a lot of comics, the joke is effectively about the fact that comics now are almost as uncertain of the intention of their audiences in both material and showing interest in us and support afterwards we don't know if you're trying to troll us online yeah. cause some fucking drama between us and another act fuck us to then say that you didn't want us to fuck us like there's a million different things that for instance a woman in an audience has power yeah that she doesn't either she does realize it or she doesn't mm-hmm. but it makes me very skeptical oh yeah. yeah 
And so the joke is about a woman who I approached after, approached me actually after a show who I went on a date with after a show. Um, and I speed up the timeline, but you know, she hit me up, gave me her number and said, we should go for a drink. I forgot about it. She then reached out to me on social media. and was like, oh, what, you're never going to use my number. And I was like, fuck, Jesus, I forgot about this chick. Arranged a date a couple of days later. We went out for drinks. She ends up coming back here. She's cool. She seems nice. She comes through the door and it was actually wasn't this apartment. It was another apartment, but she comes through the door and like pushes me up against the wall. And she's like, I want to I'm going to fuck you. You're going to fuck my tight pussy. You're going to fuck my tight asshole. I want you to spit in my mouth, slap me across the face with your dick. I want you to do everything dirty to me. You fucking just treat me like a fucking whore. And I'm like, oh, fucking Jesus, that's amazing. Uh, all right. Um, well, I want you to sign a release form. Just because I'm like, like, I don't fucking know what your intentions are. I'm not going to do any of that crazy shit to you ever yeah. until I'm married to you. You know, like you think I'm gonna bind your wrist behind your oh fucking back and throw a dick in your throat and fuck you with the voracious appetite you want me to, to the point where I could bruise the inside of your fucking vagina. You think I'm gonna do any of that in 2019 without knowing your mental health background, uh-huh. your fucking what you'll find? I want to know your FICO score. I want to know how fucking how <laughs> good you, how good is your fucking credit? Because if your credit's not over 750, I know you're looking for you're a cash, a payout. Like, seriously, I want to know how good your fucking credit score is. I want to see a clean bill of health from your fucking therapist. I want to know, I want to meet your parents just to know there's no daddy issues there. Uh-huh. I want all of this shit on paper before I even consider throwing a dick inside your asshole and slapping you across the face at the same time. There's not, if that's what you're into, dope. But I ain't doing it until I have on fucking paper a guarantee that you're not crazy. Do you, do you have and the consent app? Like <laughs> I have, I have the consent app. Like that's uh, a real thing. That's a real thing. I'm gonna show it to you real quick. That's hilarious. Did you see the consent condom where you need four hands to put it open? That's not real. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been. I mean, it's become an internet meme in a space yeah. of a day. It's <gasps> called We Consent. Um, All right. And what, how do we do this? Uh, did, did, I don't think I have any signal in here, so it might be, <laughs> it might, it might be so you can away. only fuck where there's Wi-Fi access. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Shit. But yeah, it's, some it's, girls are. Like, I'm gonna suck that dick. Not yet. You know. Come on. Can you get a hotspot going? <laughs> okay. The okay. There you go. New register. So yeah, you probably have to register. I had to re-register. But you like it's like we both had to put our thumbs up. Then we both have to do a voice recording of like, I consent, my name is da, 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 and this, this, and mm. that. Like, it's this whole process. No, no better way to stir up a little bit of fucking romance than, you know, <laughs> going, if you could just say clearly into the phone that I consent, just list all the things I'm going to do to you. That is ridiculous. Dude. Yeah. But this is, the, this is what we have to go through. My name is Sarah, and I consent to Willie having sex with me. Where? Where do you consent to me do? Oh, um, so, uh, in the... In the anus. No, I meant where in the house. <laughs> but seriously, say all this stuff. Where, but I'm serious. Where do we st- like? This is what is still being worked out, and this is why it's a, a very confusing time for everyone. <laughs> no, it's a confusing time for everyone because I'm completely in agreement that that that's actually a great app. If I was still dating mm. and casually dating, I'd definitely download the app. Yeah, because I think that's a very assured way to go. But it also sucks, dick, that you have to do that to have your dick sucked you know what i mean yeah it's like it's it used to be i, I like fun. that idea of how you're like i consent that he throws me against the wall and slaps his do you know what i mean <laughs> she yeah. said you're so yeah i really consent to him i want him to spit my face <laughs> i don't want him to give me any respect no, I my, any my, respect. my dad my dad never hugged me and i consent to the continuation the cycle of self-worthlessness i feel um 
When he uh, comes, you don't have to stop. You can wait, stop. Wait, wait, you can wait, stop. Wait, wait, where can I? Where can I come? Um, well, uh, <laughs> I prefer on the breasts um, or the stomach. But if you do come on the face, that's going to be okay. Uh, just don't get in my eyes. If you get in my eyes, this is null and void. Do you know what I mean? Like fucking it's null and void. Precision aiming. Do you know what I mean? Go. What well, I mean, he 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 didn't. Can you imagine? Then it ends up in a court of law. Well, I mean. But your honor, <laughs> I came on the tits. Yeah, but you also, a bit of your jizz went in the eye. And that's why we're here. <laughs> that's why we're here. She's claiming for loss of earnings for pink eye. Okay? Oh, she's, God. A, she's an optometrist and she's claiming for loss of earnings. <laughs> three months. That acidic jizz of yours. The witness, the witnesses I, I like to bring forth the uh, eye doctor. Um, doctor. Dr. Zoo is coming in. <laughs> yes, now if you see, if you come right here on the side of the eye, that's where a pink eye usually happens. There you go. And then, can you show me how you did now, that? Dr. Zoo, you're, you're a specialist in. Uh, can you show us how this process. Sure, absolutely. Just fucking take station. Starts furiously jerking off at a mannequin head, just trying to get the aim. But this is. See, there you go. There you go. See, that's, that's a funny take on the story that could come out of a falsified account of sexual assault. Mm hmm. There's humor in everything, but it's finding it and it's the context, context, the context, the context. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking a little bit bougie there. The context of how we talk about it. Yeah. I guarantee that if we we're having a conversation with a woman who had been sexually assaulted, her take on it's going to be very different. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if she's a professional comic, there's loads of professional female comics who've been assaulted and make jokes about it. Right. And found ways to make it funny and to yeah. lessen that pain. You know, it's hard. Someone, someone recently, I made a joke yesterday. God, we've gone so long. It's all right. It's good though. An hour and forty-four. It flew by, mate. Ah. Normally an hour. No, don't don't worry about it. It's good. It's good conversation. But um, you know, Notre Dame just had a big fire. Yeah. You know, and the, one of the spires fell, and it damaged the bell towers. Are okay, but it damaged part of the roof where the spire fell through and stuff. But they put it out, and it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I made jokes about it. I made some jokes about it. Like I went, you know, uh, I wonder if I just got the picture of the the, the you know the cathedral on fire. And I just put, I wonder if pedophiles enjoy the taste of s'mores as much as we do. <laughs> That's funny. Thank you, man. It's and it's, you know, it's <laughs> not I'm not it's not the cleverest joke I've ever written. You know, it's it's obviously just taking on the old trope that, you know, yeah. the Catholic Church has been guilty of a huge amount of sodomy of minors, uh -huh. you know, at the hands of their priests. Yeah. But it's a it's a it's based on factual evidence. It's a it's a funny take. It's a spin. It was topical. It was quick. It was you know. And then I've also reduced it to something amusing, like cooking s'mores. Yeah. Do you know what, I mean? what are they going to be doing up in the Notre Dame? Do you know what I mean? You're just going to be like, you know, Sebastian, take that sweet ass out of here. Daddy's got to cook some s'mores while this lasts. You know what I mean? Like or whatever the fuck it is. And some woman got really upset. She got really annoyed, and she was like, she was like, I can't believe you're making a joke about this. Ah. And she's from the UK. She's one of my fans from the UK. She went. I can't, maybe you're too far away anymore to understand how this has affected people, but this is too soon, blah, blah. And I said, she goes, I don't understand how you can make jokes like this. And I went, well, one, I'm a comedian. It's my job to make jokes and to have a, a, to have a comical take on topical stories. Yeah. That's one of my jobs. Two, this isn't, no one's been, uh, was killed. There was uh, one firefighter who was injured, mm -hmm. but there was no like crazy serious injuries or, or deaths right. involved. So it's not too soon. There's no one's going to be up in arms about this. Thirdly, I can still respect the the historical value and architectural value of a building and its beauty, but still understand that in that building, Catholic priests fuck children. Yeah. Like, what's the what's the issue here? 
And she's like, well, you don't really understand. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't understand. This is my job to make jokes. And we've hit a point now where people are happy to hear jokes about anything as long as it is in alignment with what they believe about the world. Yeah. And that's why we're all so segre segregated. And, and I actually think PC culture is partly being detrimental to building relationships with races. People used to be able to make jokes with each other and have mm -hmm. a bit of a gag. Like, I don't walk around the streets dropping a fucking M-bomb. I don't have jokes like, eh, black guy and a Jew and a fucking wet bag walk into a fucking... That's not who... That's not my That's not my comedy. That's not my mind. That's not who I am. But I liked when my fucking black friends can make fun of me about, like, going, oh, are you going to cook us dinner? Shit. Should we bring salt and pepper? What, like, you know what I mean? Like, like when they make fun of... My whiteisms, that's okay. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, I mean, I, I'm not going to rely on you to bring the seasoning because you're not going to get there until that's two hours fine. late anyway. Yeah. Like, that's okay. Black people are late. White people don't season their food. That's funny. Yeah. That brings us together that we acknowledge these things about mm -hmm. our own race and we laugh about them. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And jokes like that don't, I don't think, demonize a race. They help build bridges for us to understand yes. our differences and laugh at them. Mm. and go well by laughing at it that's the most human empathetic thing you can do is laugh with someone at the same thing mm -hmm. you know and uh and all my friends of color certainly um maybe because a lot of them comedians find it a lot easier to to joke about those things and they joke with me about who i am yeah and i'll joke about who they are you know but it's never designed to be hurtful or, or painful or or demonize what someone is. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. I agree to that. Whereas my joke about the Notre Dame is absolutely only doing one thing, which is demonizing pedophile priests. Yeah. No, you know? I got it. It's not demonizing Notre Dame. It's right. not going, this building should fucking burn. It's like, no, I don't want a building to burn, but if I could fill it full of all the fucking priests in the world who've ever fucked a kid mm -hmm. and set it alight, yeah, I'd do that. I would happily sacrifice the entire Notre Dame Cathedral if we could fill it from bottom to top, stack it full, just stack the priests up in there. Whoever fucked a kid, shut the doors, get a couple of bars on it. See you later. Like, I'd do that. Yeah. Because that, for me, is that's what the joke is doing. It's, it's, it's attacking, it's demonizing Catholic Church um, sodomy of children. Uh-huh. It's not... It's no, not demonizing, you know, but she didn't fucking understand that in the same way your chick will be like, this is not a funny joke. And it's like, did you hear it? Did you understand it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is mostly me talking about my opinions of the world and you just being like, so aghast with the state of society. Ah. Uh, uh, I love what we do. You do? I do. I, because you can't do it. Like you can't be a, a regular nine to five and have these type of conversations because mm. it's too you can get in trouble with HR or you offend someone and now there's a lawsuit. And the problem is though, I feel a lot more of those people can have these conversations because they can find people who are like minded with them in their own bigotry or their own, you know, whatever um, racial, sexual, uh, xenophobic based, you know, bigotry. Yeah. And they can find people that agree with them and they can come home from work, do this shit, just get on with it, earn their money and they can come home and go, these fucking black people, man, <laughs> fucking guy around my area coming around here with his fucking do-rags and all that shit, smoking out the fucking barbecue, smelling all them spicy shit. I don't like them black faces. He can do that. Yeah. Whereas me and you want to get up on stage and make like a little joke about racism or a joke about gender divide or about mm -hmm. that. 
and we're immediately on the chopping block. Yeah. It's like, motherfucker, our job is to make these things easier to talk about. I guess that's, I guess that's true. Because you, yeah. especially once you get to that state, like how they had the, like Tracy Morgan made that uh, if my son was gay joke. And I, he had to go on an apology tour, damn near. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. What was the What was the joke? If my son's gay. Yeah, he's like, I would spank him or like I would beat my son if he was gay or something. Like I wouldn't have that around. Some whatever it was. Something like, but I couldn't spank him too hard because he enjoy it or something. I like was that was that the thing? I or think like, there was wait, it. That was the the end of the joke was more just like him going but how do I know if he's going to like that? I can't even spank him because if I spank him, he might be like, yeah, daddy, do it hard. <laughs> you know, so. so. Yeah, I guess you can. I guess we get attacked for what we're meant to do yeah. these days. And like, I guess when you think of like Eddie Murphy and just like the Richard Pryor side, they were able, they got away with a lot. Like, they could not do those same jokes anymore. Like, I think there's a difference between Eddie and Richard. How? Richard Pryor, his earlier specials and his late specials were fucking brilliant, but they were they were thought provoked. He used tropes and social um social not social bigotry but like but like things that people would throw around as kind of ideas of black people gay people uh interracial couples blah 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 blah. he would throw those ideas around but with thought eddie murphy a lot of his his performance like i rewatched raw and delirious you know not long recently ago. okay yeah and i used to fucking cry with laughter watching those specials cry i thought it was the funniest shit i'd ever seen in my life Rewatching it now, I'm like, couldn't I couldn't find a lot of it funny because mm. I was going, ah, now I'm watching it and now I know more about what Eddie Murphy's like now as a person and who he is. I know that a lot of this is just he is just a homophobe. He is a misogynist. Like he fucking hates women. Yeah. And doesn't value them at all. And he thinks that all gay people are a bunch of faggots. That's how he would describe it. And, yeah. like, and you know what I mean? He's like, there's a lot of racist, homophobic, and sexist shit in his act that wasn't it wasn't funny or thought-provoking. Sorry, it wasn't thought-provoking. It was funny because it was reinforcing those ideas. Whereas prior, I can still watch his shit and it's as prevalent and as poignant as it was you know, 20 years ago as it is today. Okay. Because, longer than 20 years, but whatever. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's like, it's still dealing with those subject matters, but in a cleverer way. He was cleverer. He was just a cleverer comic. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd you grow up liking? Pryor, Hicks, Carlin... Uh, Rivers Lenny Bruce is like someone who I came to very late on but like Lenny Bruce see Lenny Bruce is a perfect example there's a man who championed free speech if he was alive today fuck he'd be like very sad with the yeah, state of comedy as much as he went to jail over it yeah he was penniless by the end of his career and he, really? and he earned a fortune but he spent all of it on trying to change the laws he spent all of it basically being arrested at every show Mm-hmm. and having to pay lawyers to try to get him out and to change these That's laws so of free crazy. speech. Basically going, free speech, but they're going, yeah, free speech unless you're making fun of the church or you know, you're know making any kind of idea that it's all right to be a different race or a different sexuality or a different, you know. I couldn't even imagine now getting arrested for something like that. And you have to go through all your money that you've made just because you're... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. But I mean, like Lenny Bruce did so much to try and turn it around. But here's the thing: I think we, we, I don't think we'll ever get that crazy. No. But we are in a place right now where, in certain countries, in certain places, if you use the wrong, the wrong pronoun for someone, mm-hmm. you know, they want to be described as they and there, and you say, "Well, she," because she's. I mean, like it's a chick. It was she was born biologically a woman. Yeah. So I'm gonna say she. She still got titties, 
She hasn't got a being. She's got a vagina. She's a she. I prefer they and there. You can get arrested in certain places now. <sighs> it's illegal to do that. I think in Canada, right? Insane. What? Yeah, and that's to me insane. I think you should let people say what they want, but they shouldn't be able to. If they're going out actively going, I think all people who are trans and identify as they and there should die in fucking hell and fuck these people, then then you're just you're you're fucking spouting hate. Right. But let someone do that shit. Go ahead, do it. My daughter is uh she came out to me that she's a lesbian, that she's gay. Okay. And uh, she's very into that wording thing. I'm like, oh that she, I'm like, I will see one of her friends. I'm like, oh she's she's a lesbian too. She's like, no, she's a cis, a pan, a cis, a cis something. Cisgendered pansexual. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Vegan. <laughs> she's a vegan. She's a vegan. But she was like, she doesn't identify as man or woman and she's attracted to and it was like it's it's like fucking math now to yeah. just understand all of this stuff. Yeah. Like uh, uh, I identify as a comedian who's beyond reproach, and they would have, and to, so respect have to respect you. Respect that. Uh, actually, sorry, madam. Uh, if and next time I get fucking heckled <laughs> by a guy or a girl who's trying to pretend to be super woke, you know, virtue signaling, it's normally it's normally a drunk white college educated girl. Uh -huh. Normally, it's normally some chick who's had a few too many white wines going. You know what? I don't agree. You can't say that. <laughs> no, no bullshit. No bullshit. Not funny. Not funny. Well, hear the fucking joke first of all. Then you tell me if it's funny. See if everyone else in this room laughs here because they're probably going to understand it. The fact that you've cut this down before I've even said the punchline of the joke or explained what the joke is means that you're uneducated enough to think that your voice is infinitely more important than everyone else's. It's not. You don't matter. You're a fucking speck in the... You know, you're a speck in the yeah. fucking... And a minuscule unviewable speck in an infinite speck of universes that's amongst infinite specks of galaxies like you're nothing nothing you say matters uh. Rebecca nothing are we back to Rebecca it's always a Becca in there it was Sarah Sarah and a Becca but they are no or it's like you know some fucking dude in like a, a sweater a nice guy in a sweater with a beard like no man I really don't think that's cool or sometimes it might be like a real militant lesbian chick black, les black lesbian chick I had once going no not funny I was like well I mean it is funny everyone else is laughing so maybe you need to get some sweet dick in your life and ah. that'll cheer you the fuck up um, is not what I said but it's probably what I thought <laughs> but here's the deal man like you know we've got to be able to get up and, and say these things I think, I think there's, a way, there's a way to come back to it, which is to flip people's ridiculous ideologies back on themselves. Mm -hmm. I think if you want to be trans, be trans. If you want to say, I was born with a vagina, but now I'm a man, I don't give a fuck. That doesn't affect me in the slightest. Go ahead, man. Get stuck in. But if some other dude or girl doesn't want to call you Sandra because they saw you as Steve... Let them do that shit as well. Mm -hmm. Let them do that shit. Go ahead. They're not. It doesn't really fucking hurt you. It only hurts you if you let it hurt you. Yeah. If you let that bother you. You know, the conditioning of it. It's going, well, it's not respecting who I am now. It's going, no, you're not respecting that they can't change their fucking assessment of the world in a short period of time. This is a, this is a year or two of this kind of thing. Right. On top of that, we're only like a three years into this woke nation progression mm -hmm. we're only fucking 50 years since you know people could vote of color people of color could vote we're only 60 years since women could vote we're only 100 years away from when people used to fucking be owned by other people mm -hmm. as slaves we're only 200 years away from when you came out here and fucking slaughtered a load of people like the 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 the, 
timeline of this country in particular is so short and people are trying to progress so much that they've uh-huh. lost the way of how to to implement change it's happening in england with brexit you know they yeah. want to bring about big change big change but then they don't know how to fucking do it and then they wonder why it all goes into turmoil and that's what's happening here but in a different way it's more happening societally here and politically uh. than it was in england you know it was all politics there but that, that that's that's difficult to do but i think flipping it around on someone going i'm angry about this if, if she went you can't make a joke about rape you say why not yeah how, do you know if I've been raped? Ooh. Do you know if I've been raped? You know? Well, no. Well, then shut the fuck up. Yeah. Because I could be a victim and this is my voice. This is my way of dealing with it. It's a tell a joke. Like no, but honestly, and now I don't think you should lie no, for the no, purpose no, yeah. of getting one over on people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you go like, you know, this is, this is you, as long as you give yourself like the, I don't know, I feel like a lot of comics. That where they suffer is when they go, I want to just be able to say what I want to say. Free speech, man. That's what I do. A lot of the very um, identifiably right-wing comics, that's generally their argument is, yeah, you want to say you're a liberal and you want to say you're for progression and free speech, but then you don't want to let me have the free speech to have what I say. And go, there's a difference between free speech that is allowing you to voice yourself mm-hmm. and then hateful preaching. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want fucking you know Hamas um, Muslim preachers talking about you know how uh, how the white people are the devil and how the the Muslim world will wipe wipe fucking Western culture off the map and blah blah. I don't think that's good. Now nah, fuck off then. Fuck off back to the Middle East where you're happy, if that's how you look at the world. Right. If you're not going to embrace the ideology of of Western culture and of acceptance of all people, then there's no fucking place for you here. But vice versa, if you're fucking telling people, you know, going, going, oh man, well, you know, we're Mexicans, we're only good for one thing, building wall, man. What? Well, then you're also just fucking as backward and regressive, and you know, your voice has no real humor to it. Mm-hmm. It just has hatred to it. Mm-hmm. So it's about finding, being able to have humor with your divisive comments. As long as there's humor and there's some kind of progression of thought, yeah, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be liberal thought. It just has to be progressive in terms of the way it makes you think about things there's a very progressive article that i read recently and i don't know if i it's just funny to me or is there something in it so i was reading that uh they're talking about changing the draft here in the united states because you know we're such a equal opportunities for men and women sure. they're talking about putting women and making women sign up for the draft mm-hmm. now which is I would love to see some reactions eventually on this because it's just a new concept that they're trying to put out there. They're like, since women want to be equal, let's put them, what, put them on the front lines, basically. Put them on the front lines. Sure. Now, uh, there was a couple comments of women saying, like, no, that's not fair. That's not what we, that's not what we're fighting for. It's like one of those things where, like, they're trying to pick which, which, uh, which equal- elements of equality they want. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, that, Andrew Schultz has a really good bit about, um, about and it, it, again, these are exaggerated. This is comedy. It's for the purpose mm-hmm. of comedy. But the the thought provoking element of his joke is effectively going like, "Wow, you know, white women they really um you really you really waited this one out. They played the good long game. Do you know what I mean? They were like, oh shit, marauding hordes of Vikings and blah blah blah. No, that's right, men. No, no, we, we'll stay at home. We got we got this. We'll we'll look after the babies. We'll keep collecting the corn. Uh. You go out. You go fight those barbarians swinging axes around their heads. You know, with yeah. painted faces, <laughs> that are terrifying, with fucking dragons on their boats. You go take care of that. We'll fucking. Do it. Oh wait, hang on a sec. Wait, you want to take over all the lands in in the world? You know, British Empire. 
You guys can go do that. You guys go do that. We'll stay at home. We'll 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 make sure. You know, we'll just take care of that. Oh wait, hang on. You're gonna go. You're gonna sail for fucking for fucking you know for months across open waters you've never been across to go to a land that's full of snakes and spiders and uh. shit that's gonna kill you and like you know uh, tribes that are gonna r- meet you with resistance. Guys, you go ahead. You go. You go do that. You go do the exploring. Blah, blah, blah. And they waited until it was all this, and then they got to this bit where it's like going. Well, hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Wait. Now, now you want more money. In a, in a in a particular in a, fuck that we want equality it's like yeah. well, hang on a sec you know we want pension plans it's good and his joke is not highlighting the women it's just making the idea of like women have always been out of the billions of people on this planet right now females outnumber men on this planet easily and because we have a shorter lifespan etc cetera, etc cetera. but but also throughout history it's almost like okay so what was the what was the moment that women went okay patriarchy you go ahead there has to have been some element of allowing men to take this dominance role now do what all men walking around with big sticks going no you do as i say because i'm bigger and stronger than you is that what we did as neanderthals and that continued through maybe yeah or maybe maybe it wasn't because in a lot of tribes women are the matriarchs it's a matriarchal society mm-hmm. maori maori societies the women are the fucking the elders the wisest people they are the disciplinarians at home for kids yeah. in, in a lot of polynesian families mm-hmm. for instance and that's that's the i mean their tribal elements they're infinitely more in touch with those roots than most other places around the world so when we're trying to look for an identifiable more historically accurate outline of how tribal societies might work Maoris and other Polynesian groups would be a good basis for that. Yeah. So women ran that shit. They were in charge. And those women fought. Those women did the huckers when people came to come. They took up arms. Amazonian fucking goddesses out in the out in the tribes, you know, the, the, they weren't it wasn't just a fabrication. Those bitches cut off a titty to be able to shoot bows more infinitely fucking really? brilliant. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's what the Valkyries are based on, you know, in in, oh. in, his, in history. But but what I'm saying is that there are there are stories of women being incredibly strong, incredibly talented, incredibly powerful, and not only being equal to men, but being the dominant characters within those societies. So I'm the rest of them. Maybe there were just a lot of chicks at one point who looked around and were clever enough because they're a little bit more emotionally fucking developed than us and mentally developed than men and looked around and went, all that? Yeah, we definitely want more land. We need more land. We need more land to cultivate. We need more space to expand our empire. Those people have been threatening us. But I don't want to fucking fight. Because, yeah, I am a little physically weaker than than Grog. (laughs) Let's let let fucking Grack or Grog or whatever the fuck, you know, I don't don't know Neanderthal names. But let's let him go fucking do the fighting. He's going to be better at that. And I'll stay here. And like, come on. Mm -hmm. It's like picking and choosing when you want. Now... I also am not going to deny that over thousands, hundreds of thousands of years, then of course, when you've got enough men in those positions of powers, of course, men are going to be looking after, well, I'm going to put my other men up here. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. will be an offshoot. I'm just saying there had to have been some time. And that's what Schultz's joke is effectively going like, you fucking picked your time. You waited until it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, World War One. All right, well, that could come back to haunt us. Let's hold out for a little bit longer. Oh, what? World War Two? Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> two for two, bitches. Am I right? Yes, sister. Mimosas. Let's do it. And then going like, everything cool? Is everything calm now? Men! Fuck men! Hey. Fuck men. And it's like the selective nature of like when it goes, you know, becomes an issue. Yeah. And, um... I don't know. It's it's. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's something I prescribe to, but it's an interesting, uh, funny way to look at the development of gender divide. You know, right? And that's again, though, any any comics who 
pushed to make you think differently about a thing you thought you had made your mind up about. Mm -hmm. Those are the what I think consider the, the legacy of gr the greatest comics on the planet. Yeah, that's what I'd like to be one day. That's the plan. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. We will be two hours. Look at that. We do it's a double. It's a doozy. It's a hey, double doozy. I could take that. It was a great conversation, man. Yeah, I'm sorry that I, I feel like I did a lot of the talking at the end. No, it's fine. But you were asking yeah, me questions. I was uh, the interview interviewee became the interviewer. Yeah, I like the for, just for a change. You finally gave the white man a chance to speak <laughs> and to express himself, and I appreciate that. Will you? Anytime, dude. Um, if people want to check out where to see you do live comedy, I'm assuming following you on all the social media accounts yeah. is the best way. Yeah, my uh, email accounts are email accounts. Yeah, no, give me your fucking <laughs> private email. What's your social security number? It's 48. Uh, <laughs> but you can find Instagram, Facebook, Willie Mac, W-I-L-L-I-E-M-A-C-C. It's two C's. Yeah, double like, C on that Mac. Because a lot of people spell it M-A-C or M-A-C-K sure. or whatever. Or you can just go to my website, WillieMac.com. Again, two C's and I yeah. have shows I E on, on the Willie, yeah. I.E. on the Willie, not with the Y. Yeah. So, yeah. Willie Matt on there. And then, obviously, if they want to see you live, then they can check you out. So, you got the... Uh, is that episode already out, the laugh tracks? No, we. I, I go to film... This was the, the latest round. Yeah, yeah. This uh, it was his latest round. But I didn't I go submit. They asked me for a story, and I never submit some oh. stuff. And I should have done, because that's my best form of stand-up, is five-minute stories of ludicrousness. Dude, next time, do it. I mean, they're flying, will, they're yeah. flying me out to Chicago in uh end of May. Nice. $1,500. I mean, nice. I'll I like how you're giving away your <laughs> paychecks on the podcast. <laughs> so it's not that much, but... Uh, hey, that's all right. It's money. It's, oh, no, it's definitely money. It's I, a great show as well. Yeah, it's a great show. And if those of you who don't already know, any of the listeners and viewers out there, it's they, they'll take a stand-up's bit of material. So you'll do like a five-minute story yep. on stage. Tell it as you normally do. Uh, Getting the laughs that you normally do. And then what mm -hmm. they'll do is they'll cut it into segments and every now and then they'll cut away from you on stage. You'll still have your voice and the sound of the audience. Yep. But they will cut to a series of, a bit like uh, Drunk History, mm -hmm. where they will recreate the scene with actors and comic actors and comedians yeah. that you might know doing stuff. And it's very fucking funny. Yeah, it's a great show. Con so that's going to come out when, roughly? Ooh, uh, probably around September. So this will be the new season of Laugh Tracks, Laugh Mob Presents Laugh Tracks on yeah. True TV. Yep. Which is my boy Cypher Sounds host that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Cool. All right. That's awesome. So look for that at the end of the year. And then also look for the new season of... Snowfall uh, Season 3. Um, that's another one that's going to come out later. On and FX. On FX. Don't keep man. an eye out for my Snapple commercial. Here we go. Coming, that's coming out in hopefully in the next couple weeks. If you're and, thirsty. Huh? If you're thirsty. If you're thirsty. There you go. Apple. Snapple Apple. So, and if you're a white woman, just hit him up directly in the DMs. Because you know what? I think he's ready to give it a try. Dragon pussy. I want to see <laughs> if you got that sweet scaly dragon puss. <laughs> reach out. Dude, thanks so much, man. Hey, thank thanks you. Thanks for coming on talking. I appreciate it a lot. I enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon. Hell yeah. All right, let me play this outro music. Boom. Smooth. <laughs>